What's up, Modern Talkers? This is Modern Talk. Thank you for being with me here. Um, I always, I, I have like a loose uh, thing that I, things that I want to talk about, um, but I never like really practice them because uh, it always comes out better the first time, usually. Um, so we're just going to start the intro and this is what it is. <laughs> um, this is Emily uh connote and um uh it's not that's not how it looks like it should be spelled but that's how it's pronounced um for most of our friendship i thought it was uh kanoth or something um but then she said it and i was like i think you're wrong um (laughs) and then she was offended that i didn't know her name um but uh so she was on a previous podcast and um but it was she was part of a three-pronged guest um being jake muskie who's also done a solo and then uh cooper juros who was the one of the three-pronged and uh so you can listen to that one that that one's parking lot talks um from last year around this time and then uh like summer and um it's like the end of summer now which is crazy but when you're listening to this it could be next summer which is really crazy i hope it's better next summer (laughs) um but here we are now so uh the the boys um i asked them to if they wanted to come do the, like, come visit Emily with me and do the podcast together. Um, cause Emily lives in, uh, actually I don't remember. It's kind of by Dayton, Ohio. And, uh, so we had to drive like, I don't even remember how long, like two hours or something. Doesn't matter. Four. And, uh, and I was like, hey, do you guys want to come? Like thinking there's like a six to seven and a half percent chance that they would come. Um, and they were both like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so somehow we just went down one day and uh, we got there and then ate lunch and then did a podcast. And it was super fun. And then uh, at the end, uh, on the way back, we went to uh, my favorite rib place, DJ's, in Weirton, West Virginia. And it was like 30 minutes out of the way, but it was so worth it. Um, so I'm glad I got to experience the, the best ribs of all time. And, uh, oops, sorry. Um, but, uh... Just these girls be texting me, dude. Just kidding. Just one. Um, <laughs> uh, so we talk about um, kind of like a teaser. Uh, we talk about uh, humblemations. So you'll get to learn that new term that we made up. And uh, Emily proclaims to be bad at stuff. So you have that to look forward to.
Um, I've been making progress on my movie a lot, and that's really exciting. Uh, the past two weeks, I've gone down for a few days, uh, 12-hour round trip, um, staying on friends' couches, just the one friend couch, friends, fr- one friend's couch. <laughs> his name is Noah Kim. He's South Korean. He made me one of his like South Korean dishes once there, and we're falling in love, and it's all good. Um, <laughs> I think it's so cute when people like make food for you. Um, and so that's why we're dating now. And, uh, yeah, so, um, I, I have like the teaser trailer for my movie, um, ready. I just, I'm waiting for the right time to, to drop that. And then I also have uh, like a bonus feature thing where it's like behind the scenes and outtakes from my movie. And it's, I think it's so fun to watch. And like, it's, it's me, but it's not me. Like I'm rarely in the video. Uh, but I loved how it shows the fun culture that I helped, uh, make during the movie. Um, so I think that's, uh, that's very uh, thing I'm very proud of that um, we kind of had an environment to kind of riff and just like kind of play uh, in between takes and um, but also get serious when it when it needed to come down to it. So uh, that'll be coming out um, probably after the movie comes out because there's like some. It's a better supplemental thing, not not like a you should see that first thing, because um, there's like kind of some spoiler type things, and um, it might take you out of it when you actually watch it uh, for real. So um, that part was boring, but um, <laughs> just the end part. Uh, so Emily, um, we talk about. Um, uh, can you hear that? There, there's um, I live by a fire station, so there's always whoop whoops coming coming and going. Uh, so we we do the plug at the end of each um each podcast, and Emily's uh wanted to plug um on to educate uh white people on um to be supportive during this time, so. Uh, I'm going to shout it out here, but there's going to be links in, in like the description of my podcast, uh, on my website, uh, com slash podcast slash Emily Canote spelled K and K N O T H. So, uh, the first thing is a book called white fragility by Robin D'Angelo and I'm glad that that name is pronounceable because <laughs> you always the point of the point of reading a book and talking about a book is sounding smart, not really, but you know, funny, funny times um, is to sound smart, and when you mispronounce uh, the writer's name, just makes you sound is eh, dumb. So uh, I'm glad <laughs> it's a name I could pronounce. Um, 
just like I can pronounce Emily's name for most of our friendship. Um, and a link uh, to uh, a website, BLM Thought. And uh, so check that one out. And the third thing is um, look into anything about the pris- prison industrial complex. And uh, that was really interesting to me because I heard about it maybe a year ago. No, probably over that. Yeah, definitely over that. Um, a little bit over a year ago on a Pete Holmes podcast with Moshe Kasher. Um, he's really woke to that stuff. I recommend those. He's he's on um, uh, he's on that podcast like three times, and they're all so fun, but also so deep and true and real and stuff. So I recommend those because uh, he talks a lot about the prison industrial complex and he could represent it better than I can, but he recommended The Farm, um, a documentary about, uh, see now I'm going to, I might mess it up, but it's Angola, uh, Louisiana, um, where they have uh, people in the prison system literally like do work in fields uh, during their like prison sentence. Um, so that's called the farm and it, I think it was out in 1998. So, um, if you, if that interests you, uh, so the, the kind of idea of the industrial prison complex, um, well, I'll just explain what, uh, Moshe kind of explained, um, in a, just, just to give you kind of an overview if you want to actually listen to those or watch the movie or whatever. So, um, they kind of made, um, so it was like slavery, obviously, in the 1800s, and then uh, there was segregation to keep um, black people or people of color down, and then like Jim Crow laws and stuff, and then the 60s happened, and uh, so that helped um, people of color, um, but then, obviously, it wasn't equal yet, or it's still not, but, um, then the 80s happened, war on drugs, and that basically is just another way, they, like, found a way to keep black people, um, as slaves, essentially, in the prison system, under the guise of them being lawbreakers. Uh, and so they made, um, drug, uh, sentences just very unproportional in a lot of people's eyes. So, um, and they targeted black communities to keep them locked away. And, uh, so that's kind of been happening since the eighties. And, um, and so that's kind of like the basic, uh, prison industrial complex deal. And then they just put them to work, um, in, in the prison system. So basically, uh, prison is modern slavery. Um, is kind of what Moshe is trying to convey. So, I think that's super interesting, and like I said, you should look into it more, um, 
I'm not super well versed in it, but um, it's really interesting, the parts that I do know. And uh, I think that's it. Um, she's really, really, really interesting. And Emily. And uh, I look forward to you guys, hopefully. Yeah, rate and review on iTunes. Uh, I'd love to hear what you guys say. Because... Um, I don't get a ton of feedback, but like the people that do like it really like the podcast. So if you would, um, let me know, even just DM me on Instagram or something. Like I've had a few people do that and I really, really, really appreciate it. Um, but also rate and review on iTunes cause then it's easier for people that don't know me, uh, find it and, um, become modern talkers. So thank you very much. All right, let's get into it. Oh my god, you got a whole setup now. Yeah, we've been recording for ten minutes already. No, you haven't. Yeah. Why? Just so we have the first. Uh, this isn't my lighter. Where's my avocado lighter? Lighter, I hardly. <laughs> wait, what is? Is this yours? I thought that was mine. Yeah, that's Tommy Wayne's. Here, wait. You need my lighter. My lighter's better. Okay. Oh, I remember the avocado lighter. Mm-hmm. Where is it? Wait, wait. How did it survive? Oh, I've had it for like. I keep it with me. Hold on. Keep that thing. Where's my avocado lighter? Avocado water? Lighter. Lighter? <laughs> Can I like this one? Would you be angry? No. This is the best one. What is that one? It's my friendship candle I made with Taylor Har. And it's seaweed, like, some, like, what? It's so good. Have fun, be safe, make good choices, no or mediocre ones. They're driving my car. So you let them drive your car? Yeah, I mean, what else are they going to do? Run there? Okay. All right, did you get the, uh, yeah, the avocado one? Okay. That's good. It's an enlightened version. What do you mean, enlightened version? Of your regular green. Oh, that's kind of not nice. I'm just kidding. Um, Is this better than a phone? Yeah. Kidding me? It's a blue can, snowball. Can I touch it? Mm-hmm. This is what I use to reach things I can't. Yeah, because you're small. Mm-hmm. One of those small people. Mm-hmm. Your bed's really low. This is, wait, I don't sleep. this is um my storage closet right now. Oh, okay. Because Katie didn't have a mattress. Mm-hmm. And I did. And Every time we slept up here, it was like 92 degrees, so then yeah. we just moved the mattress to the basement and just decided to sleep down there instead. Yeah. And then this became a place to put my clothes. <laughs> but then Katie's parents knew she didn't have a mattress for like this entire time, because we moved in in May. Yeah. And they were like, oh, we'll bring you a mattress at some point. We just like keep forgetting, because it won't fit in my car or her car. It'll only fit in her dad's pilot. Yeah. And her dad was like, yeah, it's fine. We'll figure it out eventually. And they didn't. And then... She went home last week. Her mom was like, wait a minute. Where have she been sleeping? Yeah. As if she didn't know this entire time. She's like, that's disgusting. Kate was like, what, do you, where, what did you think I was doing? <laughs> like, what did you think was happening? Did, uh, uh, does that open? Mm-hmm. Do you want it to open? I think we should shut this off and then open that window. Okay. You, it's not it's hot. Sound. Look, if you don't want e- either of them on, you don't have to have either you of them really? on. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there you go. What is it? Oh, the light went off. Oh. You can just turn them off. It's light out. You're fine. <laughs> it's not that dark. Yeah.
Oh, that's actually nice. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it is nice. I'm gonna put this up here because it looks better. I feel like, because this is visual, All right, guys? <clears throat> Just for us. I Can you move a little bit closer? I forgot it was a podcast. He said, "Right, guys." I said, "Who is he talking?" <laughs> to? I just got so stressed. I say that um, when it's just me and my friend, or even when I'm talking to myself, I do that because it makes me laugh by myself. <laughs> right, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Right, guys. Um, yeah, me and my friend started that like right guys humor. Like we just would say right guys after something that we think is like very silly to say and like no one would back that up. But you're just like feel like you're dying. You're like, guys, right? Back me up. Right, guys? <laughs> Um, so we just say that after anything silly we say. Okay, so, um, <laughs> how are you feeling? <laughs> I'm feeling full. Yeah, we just came from Condados. Condados. We had buffalo chicken queso, which yes. is their prime menu experience, yes. in my opinion. <laughs> Other than that, how are you feeling? Good? Bad? I've been trying to not answer with good, bad, because I feel like it's very, like... Yeah. You don't have to. But I'm trying to think of a good, but I can't think of a better one than good or, like, I can't think of a more exciting thing to say yeah. than good or bad that's valid. Because I could lie and be like, I'm feeling mediocre today, but I'm not feeling mediocre, I'm feeling good. Yeah. So I guess good. <laughs> I wanted to be interesting and come up with something cooler, but yeah. I just feel good. I had, I had, like, a joke that I never did on stage or anything, but I like the idea of, like, if you say anything other than good after someone asks you how you are you're like an insane person if you're like i'm great then you're like okay man calm down chill dude and if it's like oh, i'm not doing great it's like uh can Didn't we care. quit this conversation yeah. now where's the escape button <laughs> um so yeah you don't have to answer with the i'll stick with good for now yeah judgment free <clears throat> answer um so how we know each other is i'll go first we first met at um a place called YouthWorks in Beckley, West Virginia. We were just talking about that, too. Well, YouthWorks isn't a physical place. Did I, I can't Google Did I make Works. it sound like that? Is it a place named YouthWorks? Which is in Minnesota. Their headquarters are in Minnesota. Okay. At a, a thing called... A thing at an organization. That has had a branch in West Virginia. You got it. There we go. Um, and you were trying to remember everyone's name... <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Which I did. You did. You were really good at it. I know. And so th this was like within hours of everyone getting there, and you we were eating because um, this was YouthWorks is an organization that let me see if I could get this right with your liking. <laughs> um, it's an organization that facilitates um, charity work in a way and ministry. Uh, for youth groups to uh, share the gospel and whatnot. <laughs> Sounds a little yeah white savior complex, but I'll take it. Okay, it, it's you... a way. It's a way to, in theory, if it goes well, have kids go to a different place to learn about how to serve others by listening and doing so respectfully, yeah. so that they can learn how to do it in their own communities. When they go home. That was way better than what I said. That's because I, I had just... it rehearsed for two and a half years. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I should just let you say it. But, um... <laughs> Plug spark. That was cool. Uh, and then, so, you were coming around to all of our 
tables mm-hmm. to to hear names for the first time and then remember them. And I was thought I was like cheeky and cool and unique because <laughs> I had a Tommy <laughs> Tommy Hilfiger shirt on. I should have wore one today. Shoot, I usually do, but um, it it just had the Tommy Hilfiger uh, symbol on it, and then I just had a name tag that pointed to the Tommy symbol, and then so. When you asked me my name, I just I think I just pointed to it, and you're like, "Oh, your name is Polo or something," and then you like just moved on, and I was like, "Uh, I guess." I so. think you didn't correct me the first time. I think I like confidently was like going yeah. through, and I was oh, like, Polo. "Jake, Cooper, Polo." Yeah. And then I like walked on, and I was like, "Polo," because I like was confident that I had it that time. <laughs> it took you it took a while before you like corrected me. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that sounds like me. Um, so. Yeah, that was like our first foray, and then that's like when we like started talking, I guess. Um, that's like what was our in, I guess I would say. Uh, I disagree. Okay, that's. I yeah. think our first. So we met. I called you Polo. Yeah. You and the boys made fun of me for a good like day and a half. First. Because of that. Because I was the cheerleader type. Oh. oh! And then I went and led a like evening activity at that museum. Yeah. Oh, yeah! And you skipped the entire museum so we could sit and talk on that bench for like two and a half hours. And I was like, listen, man, I'm not an idiot. I want to be your friend. And then you were like, okay, fine. But like in Tommy words. So you were like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah we thought we were funny, and then <laughs> we became like kind of friends, and then we started having parking lot hangouts, and then mm-hmm. we became real friends. Right. And then I said something during a parking lot hangout about I don't even know what it was, and you said that you were scared to make new friends because you didn't want huh. to have to not oh, yeah. have them there. Oh, yeah. And in the most Emily way possible, I said, suck it up, buttercup. Stuck with me now. Yeah, And yeah. you were like, but what if they never come visit me anymore? And I was like, suck it up, buttercup. Stuck with me now. And now you're here visiting for the second time. Yeah. It turned out okay. Wow, I forgot about that part. Yep, yep. That makes it more fun. Way more fun. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think, I was looking at the, I don't remember how it happened exactly, but we were looking at the museum, and then we sat down and started talking, and then it was like, they like went off and did For something the pole else. Ride. Yeah. But I didn't, I don't think I knew I was missing it at that point, I was just enjoying the conversation that we were having, and then, um, and then, yeah, that's when we started to be more friends. Yeah, and I, I was like standoffish or something so standoffish and i was like be my friend and you were like mm, i don't know how i feel about that and i was like not a choice it works though because like i don't be that I don't, I don't do that really anymore i don't think but um like i don't i'm not that blunt about it at least for sure um but the people that want to be your friend will be your friend like for a long time because <laughs> they're like I'm going to make you my friend. <laughs> and it's like an uh, achievement, something, I don't know. You get a gold star. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, 
but then all the other people that don't really care if they're your friend not or not leave and that's good and bad i guess but like you miss out on relationships obviously but uh but you keep the one who picked yeah. you out from the beginning yeah yeah <sighs> interesting i forgot i was in that phase that was a, a long time it was like three years or something in my <laughs> life at least um uh did we do that story suffice sufficiently sufficiently <laughs> Did that story that suffice sufficiently? It did, yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah. I'm happy with that. I'm also happy with that. I totally forgot about that, mm-hmm. uh, the part that you brought up, so that made it better for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, what million things have you been doing lately? Because you're like one of those busy bees. I am. Corona made me chill, which I think a lot of people. Yeah had that Mm -hmm. like uh uh-oh maybe I don't need to be moving 24 7 yeah which I think I hate being the kind of person who's like find the silver lining like everything happens for reason because I don't like to ride that train but I think that that has been something good out of corona was Mm -hmm. like realizing that I don't need to be moving and shaking like all the time yeah but I did learn that I enjoy cooking during corona really that's what I've been doing lately cool is cooking and I, my entire, like, last two years of cooking for myself, my requirements were, like, what's fast and what's healthy. Mm-hmm. So it never tasted good. Because it was <laughs> just, like, spinach and plain turkey. Yeah. And, like, cliff bars. Like, that's just because it was fast and it was healthy. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, it's Corona. My new requirements are, like, healthy, yummy. Yeah. Doesn't that's have to be way fast. better. Yeah. It didn't have to be fast. All I was like, I'm going to make all this food. And so I found out that I like cooking. So that's what I've been doing is what, cooking. What has you been, your favorite thing been to cook? Mm, I made these cookies when we moved into this new apartment. And the cookies aren't that spectacular. But I was able to, like, make a little baggie of them and put, like, a little post-it note, like, from your new neighbors to oh, all. Because cool. we live in a complex. Yeah. And so I, like, dropped them off at all the neighbors' house. And it wasn't even, like, the fact that the cookies were good. They were good, but, like, just that, like, I could be somebody who, like, makes cookies yeah. for people. Made me very happy. Yeah. I was like, I'm one of those now. I've reached, <laughs> I've reached a new level. Yeah. So I was, that was my favorite. That's awesome. Did people, did, how did you, did you just ring the doorbell? And... I made Katie ding-dong ditch about half of them. Uh-huh. Um, and then the other half I dropped off. Because it was, like, when Corona was, I mean, Corona's still huge. But, yeah. like even more we i think we're still shelter in place so yeah. i don't want to like get near anyone so yeah. we just kind of dropped them in their little mailbox thing that's cool yeah wow that's awesome i sure love that um are you still like working at the free store and stuff yeah i'm managing on saturdays and the free store is three days a week open and we stayed open during all of corona because really? we were an essential service for people uh-huh. um and so I was able to do it by appointment. So people just came in and made appointments to do their shopping. Yeah. And I don't know, it was good and bad that we're an essential service because I think that it showed people the need um, and how you really do need to stay open because people still really needed us. Yeah. But I also think that by staying open, we were kind of, what's the word? Um, I hate using the word white savior complex over and over, but I feel like I do all the time. Mm-hmm. But it was very much so like we're existing 
only for these people. Like, like oh, we, uh, we have the power to stay open because these poor people need us kind yeah. of thing. And I didn't like that connotation at all. Mm-hmm. But we did need to stay open because people did need us. Yeah. So I'm glad we were able to provide that. Right, but yeah. also, like, what connotation goes with that kind of a thing. Yeah. That's tough. Can you move closer to the... Thank you. It's... I'm just worried about You're people hearing smell it. these bombas. Oh, I don't mind. Um, I've never heard bombas as a... Oh, that's a sock? Yeah, you've never heard of them? No, I thought <gasps> you were referring to your feet like that. No, that's... They're like... First of all, they're like the softest socks ever. Second of all, they donate... Every pair you buy, they donate a pair to somebody in need. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like very... Good, like, athletic running socks. Cool. Yeah. They thicker? Yeah. You can feel it. Feel it. No, you have to, like, grab the thickness. Oh. Yeah, they're definitely thick. So. Is there, like, there's, like, a little back part, too? Right here. Cool. Jay (laughs) Chillin. And they gave a pair to uh, somebody in need. The free store actually got, like, 500 donations of them. Wow. So, which made me feel good, because, you know, when you buy something, they're like, we give one to someone in need. You're like, do you really? They dropped off a bunch of them. I was like, you do. Look (laughs) at you. How awesome. So, that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, you, maybe I'm skipping too far ahead. Yeah, let's do that later. You can go in whatever order um, you choose. It's just, I think it would be easier for people to follow and less confusing. But, uh, what, um, I think we kind of answered that. What, what do you think, or what do you wish you could do more, um, now that you can't during this kind of time in life? What do I wish I could be doing if it weren't Corona? Yeah. I think seeing people that are like acquaintances. Mm-hmm. So like when I when you came to see me, like or when I had my cousin come, like my friends, like I'm gonna go out of my way to see because mm-hmm. it feels okay. Yeah. But it doesn't feel okay, moral code wise, to be going a few streets down to go spend a night like and hang out with our acquaintances you yeah. know what i mean yeah um because that feels like too risky for the pay- the reward kind of thing yeah. in corona world <laughs> and there's a lot of people that i kind of envisioned myself my last summer before leaving like spending a lot of time with who i'm yeah. close with but not that close with yeah that i probably won't keep in touch with after like when I leave because yeah. I'm not that close with them that I was mm-hmm. going to be able to spend some time with but those aren't the people I'm spending time with now because right. it seems silly to go out of my way to see people because it just means more sets of germs and yeah. I want to try to not be that kind you know yeah. like be putting people at risk mm-hmm. so that part I kind of feel like I'm missing out on right now but yeah. the whole like missing graduation missing that part was sad at the time but that's not what is lasting for me at least yeah. not right now you're not doing a graduation later they haven't said anything out about it. I'm sure they will, but I doubt I'll come back for it. Yeah, that stinks. I didn't care about graduation, and then then everyone's like, you should do it. And then I was like, okay. And then Carlos is like, psych. Never mind. Yeah. I cared more about our stuff for a sorority. Like our senior recognition and uh, stuff like that, because yeah. I kind of worked my ass off. Am I allowed to curse on this? You can. I'll just edit it out, but don't worry about okay. it. Okay. Um, I'd kind of like worked my ass off all year and a half to keep us afloat and like everyone appreciated it and everyone was very kind to me for the most part but the end of the year is kind of when people take time like during your during your senior recognition to be Mm -hmm. like oh my god what would we have done without you like oh my god thank you so much for working your butt off for 
you know, no, no pay, just just because you like kind of a thing. Yeah. And obviously, it's not like you need that, but it's kind of like you crave it, you know, when yeah. you've worked so hard. You're like, oh, I kind of do want to be recognized for working so hard. Like mm-hmm. in that way, I kind of miss that aspect of it. Yeah. Um. What What was like your normal? week or so before um, yeah when when you yeah because you work a lot of different things and stuff yeah my weeks were a little insane so i would i had classes on tuesday thursdays um i was a full-time student but i had just managed to like smush all of my credits and so i had a full day of classes all day tuesday all day thursday yeah monday wednesday friday i um was working nannying in the mornings and then in the late afternoons and then I was volunteering I think it was on Mondays but I don't remember now and then I was working um the free store on Wednesdays and then Fridays were Kappa stuff what was Saturday so Saturday's free store again okay yeah so I was doing free store, and then I was nannying, and then oh, Dungarvan! I forgot about that. Yeah, and then I was working a third job. Um, <laughs> that's what that was. What Wednesdays was? Um, okay. I was working a third job for with like special needs kids. Uh-huh. So I was doing those, and then I was taking classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then I was running Kappa. And then Sundays, just church. Sundays stuff. were prepping for a program that I started called Hilltop Reading Club, which okay. was a reading club for kids at the free store oh, that I wow. did as like a special senior year project do you want to explain kind of what the free store is because I don't know that I knew what it was yeah but I always it. feel like I make people sound stupid when they ask that because my answer is always that it's a store where everything's free yeah. which makes me sound like rude and yeah. not nice but that's what it is um it's a store that's completely donation based mm-hmm. and it's clothes, small household items, that kind of stuff. Does any is anyone allowed to? Anyone go? at all is allowed to come. They have to get a number when they get there, and then when their number's called, they can come shop. They can get a certain amount of items hmm. every time they come, but they can come as many times as they want. Okay, interesting. Mhm. Who? How do they like stay in business? We donations? are donations, so that's how we get all of our stuff. Yeah. But to pay people, right. we get donations from churches, yeah. um, and then because we're a five one. 3C, is that what it is? 513C? Like a true nonprofit, uh-huh. um, we get a certain amount of money, like government wise. Oh, okay. um, but the most most of it comes straight from donations. Yeah. And like church donations. That's interesting because like if you were just like, I'm gonna start a free store, people would be like, um no, you're no, not. You <laughs> yeah, you think about that a lot because there's a lot of thrift stores in the area and yeah. there's a lot of like regular stores yeah. and then you're like, why don't all of these things go out of business? Right. There's a free store, but yeah. everyone like it's Nobody chooses to stop at the free store unless they need it, which is kind of interesting to me because I think it says something about humans a little bit. Yeah, what do you think it says? I think it says on one hand that we're very prideful about where we shop and what we get Mm -hmm. and who sees us there. Yeah. And the image we project by bargain hunting. Right. Because thrift shopping has become cool. Yeah, I know. If you're a certain... Demographic. Yeah. Um, but I also think on the brighter side, it says that for as greedy as we may be, 
I think most of us understand to a certain extent that we don't we can save those resources for people who really need them. Yeah. Because I'm not stopping any college student from, any upper middle class college student from going to that free store. They've come and volunteered plenty of times, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I, I've i seen plenty of kids come in and plenty of kids donate who could shop there because, like, every college student whose parents put them through college, like, haha, I'm poor right now because you, you're poor in the moment, mm-hmm. you know? Even though your parents are putting you through, you'll end up with a fine job. Like, yeah. the there's a certain amount of understanding in them that says this isn't for me because it needs to be saved for somebody who needs it yeah i'd like to think they think that yeah because the stores are still in business yeah that's what i was gonna say is like the other like side to that but i think both are true in different mm-hmm. ways and at different times um are they all over the country or are they just in some places so I don't think I heard of that other than... There, I think free stores are attached to a lot of... And I could be wrong here, but a lot of the times attached to other things. So, like, if a church runs a soup kitchen, it might have a free store attached to it. Oh, okay. Um, if a nonprofit runs a homeless... Well, I guess they wouldn't run. If a nonprofit uh, runs a food pantry, mm-hmm. they might have a free store attached to it. Okay. A homeless shelter might have a free spread yeah kind of a thing um but yeah they're all over i hadn't heard of it either until i started working in this a few years ago so how did you hear about it otterbein does this thing called spring plunge and it's where they try to get every student to do like two hours of volunteer work on monday and they Uh like set up different places you can sign up you all get a t-shirt blah blah blah. (laughs) freshmen get to know who each other are that kind of thing and i signed up for the free store um and I got there and it was a mess. It was a disaster. And they were like, we're looking for a, what did they call it? Like a volunteer communication intern or something like that. Mm -hmm. An intern, an unpaid intern. And I was like, you know what my calling is? Taking on more things than I can handle. (laughs) Sign me up. So I started interning there and every week they got a new store manager because they were hiring people that just wouldn't stay on. Um, Yeah. And the executive director was getting hired and fired, like, every few months. Mm. And then every week, there was a new store manager. Like, literally every week. Finally, one week, they just don't have one to show up. And the executive director was like, do you want to do what you're doing, but get paid? (sighs) And with a different title? And I said, I I guess. (laughs) And so then they made me store manager. And then they fired that executive director. And, um... The president of the board dropped down from her position to become the executive director. Wow. Um, and was like, hi, Emily. I've heard a lot about you, but I don't know who you are. Can we meet? And we met. And she was like, I know that this is, you know, you're not from here originally. I know that this community is kind of new to you. But I kind of surveyed around and talked to some people. And they told me that the one person they wanted, they, I needed to keep on was you. So you're doing something either really wrong or really right, but I want to figure it out. So do you, would you mind staying on? Because they were closing down the store for like three months oh. um, to revamp the whole thing and yeah. get their lives together. Yeah. And I said, sure. Um, still don't know if I was doing something really right or really wrong, but probably a little bit of both. But um, I stayed on and I've been with them ever since. And then I'll be leaving in August. I'm training a new store manager right now. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Wow. So, um, do you 
why do you do so much? You sound like my therapist now. That's a good question. Um, I think that I do so much because A, like ADHD, you just want to do all the oh, things. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then B, I think a big part of it comes from just the amount of things you do and have done mm-hmm. give you a certain rep, a certain, like, background, like an authority almost. Yeah. Um, and going into ministry as not only a woman, but a gay woman. Yeah. Like, that rep list is you know the bigger the longer the more accredited the better kind of a thing yeah um and i think even before it came out just existing i kind of always wanted to have that as like a backup and that's not a good thing that's like not something that people should be like that's a good idea it's not it's not good for your mental health like it's something i'm trying to get better at is like not doing so many things Mm -hmm. but i think it stemmed from the idea of like the more i've done the more i do yeah the better i am yeah the more i have to hold me up you know kind of a thing um which i've spent the last like year and a half trying to tone that down as much as i can yeah um and learn to just rest Mm -hmm. which my rest looks a lot different than some people's rest but like i'm trying you know i'm learning yeah um do you find it hard to appreciate the present or are you good at that because it seems like you're either, like, planning ahead or, like, probably still processing what just happened, the million things you just did. <laughs> I think that I find it easy to appreciate the present, but I find it hard to remember. Not remember. That's not a good word. Um, when it's happening, I feel... I'm scared I won't remember because there's so many things, Uh, if that makes sense. So, so. like, when I have a long day at the free store and, like, four really funny things happened, I, like, Mm -hmm. write them down on my notes as fast as I can because I want to get home and, like, tell Katie. Like, when I get home and I'm exhausted and I'm in a pile of, like, sweat and, like, sleep. Yeah. And I know I have to leave for my, like, eight-mile run soon. Oh, my god. And Katie says, like, how's the free store? I don't, like, I don't want to be, like, yeah, good. It was good. Yeah, yeah. Because it wasn't. Like, it was horrible, and this man called me a bad word, and also this lady told me I was an answer to her prayers because yeah. I found her a pair of shoes. Like, and mm-hmm. I want to tell her all those things. Yeah. And I hate that sometimes because there's so many things that happen, Yeah. I can't appreciate it afterwards, if oh, that makes okay. sense. So I think I can appreciate when it's happening, but I struggle to appreciate it after it happened. Huh. Which is something I wish I was better at. Yeah. That's interesting. Do you... What do you get out of appreciating it later? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, I like get... Pr- yeah, no, yourself? I get... Not pride. Um, no, the opposite. I get a good reminder for myself of why I'm doing all the things. In the good way, not in the bad way. So, like, I could choose to make more money sitting at a desk. Yeah. And not running around and working my butt off and driving a half hour there, driving a half hour back. You know, yeah. all that kind of, a, like, all that good stuff. Yeah. If I wanted to. <clears throat> mm-hmm. but there's reasons I decide to work a really hard job yeah. that's really rewarding. And if I don't take time to say it out loud, because I'm such an external processor, if I don't take time to say, 
my day was actually really good at the free store. That boy from last week that I dropped off a coat for came in wearing it this week, and he modeled it for me and walked across, uh, and it was so cute. Yeah. Like, if I say that out loud when I came home, because that's what happened, yeah. then it gives me a little more fuel for my fire to keep going. Yeah, okay. But if I say, yeah, it was good. I'm just really tired. Can you, like, leave me alone for a sec? <laughs> then in my head, that's exactly... You know, what I say is what I am thinking, yeah. you know? And yeah. so being able to state out loud to remind myself, like, this is why I'm pushing so hard for these things mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Yeah. Do you ever do, like, affirmations? For myself? Yeah. I don't know if I'd call them affirmations. <laughs> like, what's medium affirmations? Where you're, like, uh, not affirmations, like, you're going to do great today. Yeah. But, like, like, you will survive the thing. <laughs> like, what would that be called? Like, medium affirmations? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I do medium formations. Uh, <laughs> just formations. I just do formations. Yeah. I'm firm about my affirmations. Yeah. Like, they're not bad ones. And yeah. they're not super great, but they're good. Yeah. Like, you will do it. Yeah. You will probably make it out alive. <laughs> you you will get up. Go. Yeah. You know? Like, so formations, not yeah. affirmations. Because <laughs> that's kind of what I've been doing a little bit. I've kind of finally understood I've heard for a while like the past is a story you tell yourself and like who you are is like who you tell yourself you are Mm -hmm. so I've been kind of like reaffirming to myself uh, I'm too cocky I don't need that I don't I'm serious I would be rude I would be really rude I would be like you are a beautiful smart and I would walk through the day and I'd be like oh I know I am like I already start my day thinking that I'm like too yeah. much. I don't need that. I don't need that. That's a recipe for disaster. But I need humble. Good. I need humble Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I'm the opposite. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I think that's why when we became friends, I was like, "You have no choice. <laughs> I am a shining, God-given gift to you yeah. as your new friend, <laughs> and that's why I need humble missions and yeah. you need affirmations." That's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, wow. So you think your default is like, I'm all that in a bag of potatoes? Uh, no, I don't think default. I think it just depends on the situation. I think that in general, I'm thinking I'm all that in a bag of potatoes. And then when I screw up, I'm all that in a bag of potatoes that screwed up. I don't know that I know what you mean by that. Like, you're still like, like not in the way that I don't think everyone else is, I guess. So I think I'm all that in a bag of potatoes because I also think you are all that in a bag of potatoes. And I think my roommate across the hall is all that. Like most of the time, I assume most of humanity is all that in a bag of potatoes. So that's why I think that about myself. Yeah. Like I tend to, sorry, I keep walking away from it. I tend to default to thinking the best about people, including myself. Uh Uh-huh. So, like, yes, I think that I am smart and I do good things, but I also think everyone in this house is that way. Yeah. And everyone in this apartment complex is that way. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. Half and half. I want to do, um, like, a a open, like, an apartment um, building and have a bunch of... uh, like lower income people and then call it the the savior complex. That'd be great, right? Oh my god. 
hate you for that. I hate you for it so much. Oh my god. Oh, that oh. needs to go in your next show. Anyway, <laughs> I keep just that one. That. Record it. It's recorded. Oh. I have to edit it out so that I can say it on stage later. <laughs> We're gonna have to ask you to drink anything out of this cup, please. Is it clean? Yeah. I have this much left. Yeah. Well, can I put it in? Yes, please. It's my aloe water, but it's, it's my not, favorite aloe. Water. It's not healthy aloe water like that healthy people drink. It's the grape flavored. Yeah. Like. 80 calorie like mm -hmm. straight sugar juice with yeah. chunks of aloe in it but it's still better than like soda for sure <laughs> is <laughs> it not it's, uh, it's, yeah it is it is but i didn't start with soda in the first place so mm -hmm. it's not like i need a replacement i should just like you know be better and drink water but yeah. it's fine um where are we where did you grow up suburbia Suburbia. Um, is it was it Dayton? It's between Dayton and Cincy. It's called Springboro, okay. and it's just really white, really upper middle class, and really straight. Straight. Oh, like so, like there's no LGBT couples yeah. that I knew of in yeah. any neighborhoods. Okay. Openly, at least. Um. Yeah, can I answer that one? Uh, do you remember choosing how to walk? I didn't walk? understand that question. What does that mean? Like, I when guess, I learned how to walk? Um, I feel like in high school you have to... Or maybe before that even, you kind of pick how you walk. Maybe girls don't have that, or just maybe... Okay, no, I kind of get what you're saying. I remember being told how funny my walk was for the really? first time and being confused because I danced. How old were you? I was in probably like sixth grade or seventh grade okay. and I danced and I was really petite growing up. I mean I still am petite, I'm a small person, but like really, really tiny growing up. And because of dance I had a turnout and so I oh. kind of waddled like a duck. But when you turn out your feet, you tend to like arch your back backwards, oh, which makes your boobs almost like stick out. Yeah. And so that's my problem. I walked like a waddling duck with like an arched back a yeah. lot. I still do. And I didn't. Nobody thought it was a problem until yeah. I started to become older. And then they're like, "Why are you thrusting your boobs at everyone?" I was like, "What are you talking about? Like, what do you mean?" what because like that was not on my mind you know and so ever since then i like tried to not like tried to you know because people have issues with postures like this way yeah. mine's the opposite like i yeah. go straight back that's interesting and i need to like find a middle ground i'm still bad at it yeah. but the first time someone my mom was like what are you doing you look like a waddling duck and i was like what that's not nice. and yeah i walk like that and then my girlfriend katie walks inverted like, like her toe, like she walks. Is that duck this. footed or something? What's probably, that? That's probably the yeah. true. Yeah. I don't know, but she walks with her feet inverted. And I walk with mine like super out. So uh -huh. I'm sure walking down the street, we look a little drunk half the time, but <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. So your dancing kind of influenced your walk. Yeah. Interesting. And then what did you do to correct it? Do you remember like? I remember trying. <laughs> I remember trying to like pull my shoulders down and like push my feet the other way and uh -huh. it just being 
horribly uncomfortable. Yeah. And then, like, giving up. And then, like, a boy would walk down the hallway and be like, oh, i got to go back to normal. Like, or, you know, my yeah. friends would walk down and be like, got to try. And then whenever I was comfy, I was like, oh, okay, they're back to normal. I wonder if any, everyone has that experience because I've had that experience and one other person I've talked about it with, he, like, brought it up to me, really. And then, but anyway, I don't know. I think that's interesting. Because you don't really choose how you walk at first. You just... You don't choose how you run, either. Which is kind of funny. Yeah. Why do we choose how to walk but not choose how to run? Because more people watch us when we run, right? Right. Like, you draw more attention. Yeah. So wouldn't Although you I, think? I, like, went to a place, like a athletic coach or something, and they taught me... Not in that way, though. But choosing how you're viewed when you're... Like, how am I going to run so that other people see me? Not, like, for health. Because that, that's what we're talking about with walking, right? Like, yeah. so other, how other people right, view yeah. you is why you choose it. Yeah. We don't do that with running, do we? Probably. Like... <laughs> do you remember choosing how to run? I don't remember I don't. choosing how to run, but I think... I remember being, like, shaped on, like, what the proper form was, but... Um, like... I remember this kid, I don't remember like where it was or what the context was, but he would run like a, a, a cartoon where he would run with his arms behind him. Oh no. Yeah, I don't, he definitely chose that. I don't think that's his natural <laughs> default. But, uh. That speaks a lot about somebody. Yeah. Two, two in their own world of cartoons that aren't real. That's very interesting. I forgot about that guy. I hope he's doing well. Um, what kind of sheets did you have when you were a kid? I thought about that when I read it, and I realized that I don't know, but that my favorite from when I was a child and still today are, like, the flannel sheets. Yeah. But then I found out that those are the cheaper ones. Really? They're comfier. So I bought, that's what I thought, I bought these fancy bamboo sheets. Yeah. Because I'm an adult now, so I'm right. supposed to buy fancy bamboo sheets. Yeah. And I was so disappointed. I was really? like, these are just, like, regular sheets. But yeah. soft. I want jersey really sheets. Yeah, I was like, I okay. want jersey sheets. And everyone was like, you want $5 sheets from where? And I was like, well, is there not fancy jersey sheets? They were they like, must. no. Really? Or at least it's not a thing that's, like, you can't buy, like, high-class jersey sheets. Like, right. that's not a thing. Yeah. Interesting. So, but those are my favorite. Yeah, the flannels. Mm-hmm. Specifically, flannel, you know what I'm talking about. Are they the, the same, same thing? Yeah. Like, I had one with uh, snowmen on it Yeah. in the winter. Those were my winter yeah. sheets. Were they blue? They were white and they had blue, like... No, you know what? They might have been light blue. Yeah. Actually. So I have blue on. I mean, I'm sure they're all, like, very similar, but... Yeah, I've... Yeah. Blue snowmen one? Yeah, it's blue with white snowmen and mm-hmm. the hat, of Yeah, yeah, I bet we have snowmen matching is. sheets. I think I have a picture of it somewhere. I'll look at it later and see <laughs> if it's the same. That'd be funny. Um... So we talked about you did uh, dancing growing up. Mm-hmm. How did that like come about? Um, my parents put me in like soccer, mm-hmm. and they made me the goalie, and I got bored because the like all the people and the ball was on the other side most of <laughs> So I walked away from the goal. No way. To go like dance, play with flowers, and like cartwheel and dance. <laughs> like ever. Get back in there! They're coming! And of course, I didn't hear. I just heard them yelling for me, so I start waving to everyone because yeah. I'm like a frail little princess. I'm like, "Hello, yes, it's me. Everybody, watch <laughs> my, my cartwheel. Here are my flowers." 
And they were like, yeah, no, we're not putting her in that again. That didn't go well. So I tried that. Didn't, I don't think I tried like anything sports, sports after that. Mm-hmm. I did gymnastics for a little bit. Um, and then I started dance and I was really flexible because I was so little and I'm double jointed. Oh, and wow. so they were like, oh, we'll take her. And then they asked me to start competing. Um, and because I was so little and so flexy they let me dance with the older ones Mm -hmm. because they could kind of flip me around as their uh what's that called fly as their flyer you know like in cheerleader like if you're gonna do a stunt and dance like you gotta have somebody a lot smaller than you yeah um and so i started feeling like i was hot because i was like with all the like older girls and all that and so then i got to college and i still tried to dance Mm -hmm. um but i did competitions and that was like my favorite thing when I was younger yeah and I thought that I really loved dance but then I got to college where there wasn't any competing and any winning and I was like oh I don't know if uh, I really liked this yeah. this whole time I think I just liked being good at huh. which was kind of hard for me yeah because it's all I did my entire high school was dance I yeah. coached for three days a week and I had practice for six you coached too mm-hmm. wow yeah, that sounds like you, I guess. Some days I would, like, get from... So, it was three days a week that we coached. Yeah. And I would have practice from 4 to 6.30. And I would drive from practice to the practice I coached. Because I was, like, the assistant coach. Because I was only in high school. Yeah. And we got there around 7. And it lasted until 9. And then we, like, cleaned up. But by the time everyone was gone, it was, like, 9.30. And Jeez. then I would drive home. And I would do homework and everything. Because I hadn't been home yet. Because yeah. I would drive straight from school. Oh, my to the gosh. First and I thought I really loved it. Some, I, a part of me still thinks I did love it, but part of me, I think I, I thought I loved it, but I really just liked winning and like being good at something. Like yeah. Yeah. And it kind of broke my heart when I got to college and I was like, wait a minute, I don't think I like this. That was hard. Do you think you kind of, in a way, replaced, <laughs> uh, dance with all my other activities? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Uh-huh. I've thought that before. Yeah. And I got really scared. I was like, oh no, what if I did that? Yeah. But, um, nothing I do now. I, I don't think I can win anything I do now. Right. I think you can win non-profiting or Jesusing. Yeah. I hope not. If you do, you're doing it wrong, I think. Yeah. I think I replaced dance with running. How do you win in running? I mean, not, I guess... Not by being five foot one, let me tell you. <laughs> and that was humbling, because I started running, and I was really bad at it. I'm still really bad at it. Bad at running? What do you mean? Like, I'm slow. Like, I'm very slow. Oh, yeah. I did I my first half running, marathon... In last May. Yeah. And I ran a 13-minute mile the whole time. Oh. My dad runs, like, a 10. Yeah. And, like, he's 50. (laughs) Which is fine, but, like, I think that was a big chunk of my growing up was falling in love with something that I was really bad at and that I wasn't built for. Because dance, like, I started a little bit above because I was small, which helps you. Yeah. And I was really flexible, which helps you a lot. I am short, which does not help you in running. Yeah. And I have a heart condition, which does not help you no, in running. Yeah. And so, like, falling in love with something and choosing to do something that I'm really bad at, I think, grew me up a lot. Why do you run, then? Just for health? Yeah. I started... When I quit dancing, I, got, I started going to the gym with my friends, and I had never worked out before. Yeah. Except in dance, you yeah. know, because we would do conditioning. But when you do conditioning, there's... a horribly mean coach yelling in your face that if you drop your plank then everyone else has to do 
an extra 10 minute plank and they'll wow. hate you for the rest of, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. And so I like was like, yeah, I'll go to gym. And I would like start running on the treadmill and then I realized that no one's stopping me from walking. So I'd just like walk. <laughs> and then like we would do like crunches. I'm like, there's really no one making me do anymore. So I just wouldn't do anymore. Because yeah. why would I, you know? Yeah. And then I was super unhealthy um, and just not liking myself at all and I was like okay I need to find something Mm -hmm. and the thing with the least amount of learning how to do something (laughs) equipment anything yeah I could not embarrass myself by trying to run compared to other like if I tried to start lifting I didn't know anything about that I didn't know where to go and so I started running and I wore these um what are they called new balance Mm -hmm. um tennis shoes from TJ Maxx that aren't they're like Running, they're like New Balance, like the, like, fashion ones. Yeah, oh, okay. Because those were the tennis shoes I had. Uh huh. And I called my dad, who's a marathon runner. He did like a half Ironman several oh, years wow. ago. And I was like, Hey, I think I maybe want new running shoes. And this is after I had been like running for probably five months. I was up to oh eight gosh. miles at that point. I could yeah. do eight miles without stopping. That's crazy. And he goes, What do you got right now? You got your Brooks, your old Brooks? I said, No, I have these shoes from TJ Maxx. He said, are they running shoes? And I said, well, they're tennis shoes. He goes, but are they running shoes? Like, do they have support in them? And I said, I don't think so. No. And he said, are you kidding me? And I was like, no, I don't think I'm kidding you. <laughs> I don't think. Okay, there's a running store in Columbus, like in Westerville, Columbus Running Company. Go there tomorrow. Go tell him what you just told me and go buy a pair of Brooks. Like, you need to invest in a good pair. I said, okay. So I showed up and I was like, these are my shoes. And he was like, how many miles are you logging a week? Like three, five? And I was like, about 50. And he was like, in what shoes? And I was like, these shoes. <laughs> and he was like, do you have feet left? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, and so I got running shoes. Uh-huh. Turned out to be much easier when you <laughs> ran in running shoes. <clears throat> but I'm so glad that, like, I didn't start with, like, all the right equipment and, like, because... Yeah. If I can do it like that, then you can do anything, you know? (laughs) And I didn't start with running clothes either. When I finally did my first 12, something over 10, Mm -hmm. I did with my dad. And it was pouring rain. He's like, you run. Sorry. Like, we're not stopping. And we got back to the running store that we had started at. And I was wearing cotton leggings Mm. and, like, a regular t-shirt. Yeah. And... The woman there, who know my dad very well, because they have all run together, who own the store. You're like, Tim, you let her run 10 miles in this? She's going to be bleeding if she's chafing mm. so bad. And he's like, I don't know. Like, and she was like, oh my God, what do you normally run in? And I was like, this? And then when I finally got the right clothes, I was like, yeah. wow, this is even bad. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. I ran my first half marathon. My dad was like, you want to do a full? And I said, yeah. He's like, what training plan are you going to use? And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, what training plan did you use for your half? And I said, the one where you go till you can't go? And he said, what do you mean? And I was like, like, I just went. And he was like, but like, did you do like three on, three off? Like every, every Saturday was your long run. Like you did five miles on days that weren't your long. Yeah. I was like, what, what was it? I said, I literally ran until I could run a mile. And then when I was able to run a mile, the next time I had a chance to run, I would try to run two miles. Uh-huh. And then if I didn't, then I'd go back again until I could do two. And then I would do three. And he was like, are you, like, 
are you good? And I was like, yeah. Like, I just didn't know all these options were out there. I didn't yeah. know there was right running shoes. I didn't know there was right running clothes. Right. I didn't know there was plans to help you train better. Yeah. And then I found all those things. And I was like, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. This is so fun. Dance, I started with everything. Like, they gave me everything. They yeah. gave me all the things I needed to succeed. I started with the benefit of being naturally dispositioned to be good at it. So mm-hmm. they gave me all the stuff. But this, I started with nothing because I was not going to be winning anything so nobody wanted to give me anything and yeah. I think that made it a lot better interesting because you kind of made it your own that way no because you can't make excuses once you have the things you didn't have before like if I can run 8 miles on a track in shoes I bought at TJ Maxx that are not meant for anything faster than speed walking at a mall yeah <laughs> and with no equipment and in leggings cotton leggings and not even like the you know if I can do that mm-hmm. without music because I was too lazy to hold a phone <laughs> without knowing anything about form yeah and without ever running eight miles before just because I said I should figure it out yeah then I'm not going to be able to quit you know now when I don't want to run eight miles and I have you know I know how to stand I know that yeah. I should probably be chewing gum when I run so my jaw doesn't lock up I know uh-huh. that I should be wearing the right clothes yeah. I know all of that there's no way I can be like, oh, I don't know if I can do it. Like, yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> you did it when you had literally nothing and were probably killing your feet doing it. Yeah. What? Is, how do you think that translates into your life now? I'm trying to think of, like, a that as a metaphor. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think... <clears throat> I don't know how it translates to my life now, but I think it'll translate to my parenting. Oh, if interesting. I have kids. Like, yeah. I don't want to set them up with everything right away. Oh, Okay. Set them up with what's necessary. Like, yeah. they'll get the right shoes. I'll give them that part. We'll give them food, I well, guess. But, like, if they pick a sport. Like, let's say my kid's like, I want to do, God forbid, football. Something horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, in sh- I would give them the equivalent of a good pair of running shoes for whatever football. So maybe, like, a good pair of cleats or something. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to buy them the best of everything else. Yeah. You don't need that yet. Yeah. Figure out how to do it without it. Then once you get it, you'll be great, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Or at least yeah. you won't be able to quit. Mm-hmm. Kind of a thing. Yeah. Because... You don't not you know you don't need to have the best of everything just to start something mm-hmm. or like even if you are bad at it great awesome you know I feel like I was so discouraged from doing things I was bad at as a kid oh really yeah because okay. why would you weren't you like you're not you don't do things that you aren't good at your parents pull you to something that you're naturally predispositioned to maybe you would not have been put in a limbo contest I bet. Yeah, I don't know if I just wasn't aware of that yet or something. You probably did it to yourself, too. Like, when you tried a sport in gym class and you, like, didn't do well, you wouldn't choose to do it again. You choose to do the one you're good at. Yeah. And I hope my kid sucks at something and really likes it. I hope it doesn't cost a bunch of money. That would be horrible. But, like, I hope they're, like, you know what? I love drawing. It's my passion. And then they show me a picture of a stick figure. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be like, yes, it is. You keep going. Yes. Like, like, do things that you like, even if you're super shitty at them. Yeah. I love doodling, but I never doodled on anything because I was really bad at it. But now I'm like, you guys want to see my beautiful drawing? And it's like a cupcake that kind of looks like it has a pair of glasses on of it. And I'm like, ta-da! Like, I like being bad at things. Like, I think we should encourage being bad at things more often. That's fun. I like that. Be bad at stuff. Yeah. But, like, do it. But it's because you like it. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. It's like, 
Yeah. That's why my, I quit violin. I was horrible at it. Well, also, my parents said I was too dangerous with the bow because I like poking people with it. <laughs> but... I also quit because I was horrible at it, and yeah. I didn't like it. But like, I wish like ukulele. Mm-hmm. I love ukulele. Mm-hmm. I can play one and a half songs on it. I've had that ukulele for two years now. <laughs> still keep it. I still play it. Whoa. It's out. Of, it's I, I, my voice is more out of tune than it is. Like I am horrible. I think I hurt people's ears when I sing, but I like it. Yeah. So I'm gonna keep doing it. <laughs> I like that. Um. Which. One is your favorite parent. That one made me laugh, how you phrased that. Yeah. Um, depends on the day. My coming out had a lot to do with yeah. that change. Yeah. My mom and my dad... My mom's very similar to me surface level, and mm-hmm. my dad's very similar to me below surface level. Okay. And so in high school, my mom and I were attached at the hip because she drove me to all my competitions. We were there. We were together twenty four seven because of dance. Mm-hmm. Um, we handle conflict in the same ways. We find the same things appealing. We hate the same things <laughs> on like a very surface level. Yeah. And then when I got to college, my dad and I started becoming closer because surface level kind of starts to become less important as mm-hmm. you get older. Yeah. And then when I came out it really kind of shifted. Not that it became a favorite thing, but it was hard to not... It was hard to be way more close with my mom than my dad when she was the one who was struggling so much with it. You know? Yeah. I like that question because it like, simplifies it. And, and it's you can't, like, you yeah. also can't say, neither. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I hate them both. <laughs> um... Does your dad know anyone famous? I already know the answer, but I just wanna, yeah, he want to. He is again. I don't friends with Dave. He's acquaintances, friend mm-hmm. acquaintances, whatever you call that, with Dave Chappelle, yeah. whom I did not know was famous until way later on. Which hurts. hurts remember how down. I thought? Remember her talking about how I think I'm hot all the time? Yeah. When we, my dad saw Dave at a bar in um, this mall, outdoor mall, fancy thing we were at once. He's like, oh, I gotta say hi to my friend Dave. And I was with him. He's like, okay. And all these people were around, and I was, like, in high school, probably hitting my prime, you know. And I was like, oh, my God, these people must just, like, really want to be around me. Like, oh, my God. I had no idea that this man was famous. No idea that everyone in that room had no clue who the small, awkward, redheaded child was and wanted me to move out of the way so they could see Dave Chappelle. But I was like, "Mm, wow, everyone must be here for me. No idea. What year was that? Do you remember? No. Ish? Not at all. Like no idea. 2014? Probably before that. Okay. I don't know. Why? Because he kind of had a resurgence, so he wasn't, like, as... He wasn't... It wasn't when he was huge. Yeah. It couldn't have been, because it was just him. He was just there. Like, existing. Not even his family? No, I mean, like, there wasn't people, like... Buzzing around him. No, there were. Like, I don't famous people have, like, bodyguards. I don't want to say bodyguards. But, like, there wasn't anyone there, like, for him existing. Like, he just was existing there and people recognized who he uh, was. Okay, yeah. And were like, oh, hi. Like, he wasn't there doing a thing. Yeah, yeah. He was just existing. Yeah. And people were, like, buzzing around him enough that an idiot 14-year-old girl could be like, oh, my God, maybe it's me. But not enough for me to be like, wait, what's going on here? You know? Yeah, yeah. So it was probably when he was down low. Whenever wow. that was. I don't know when that was, though. Yeah. I'm just so mad at you <laughs> um, for not introducing me. But 
<laughs> I don't even know what I would say to him. I'd just be like, can I look into your eyes? <laughs> can we have a moment? Can we hold, can we hold hands? But only one of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway. Just crying. Um, what's your biggest fear? I think it has something to do with this. There's this Henry Nowen. I think I just said that wrong. Henry Nowen? He's a dude who used to be a professor at um, Harvard's Theological School. Okay. Which is similar to, like, Princeton Seminary. Mm-hmm. Princeton's better, though. Don't tell anyone. Um, and he left to go live with a community of special needs adults, like, intellectually disabled adults. Uh-huh. Um, I believe it was in France, but maybe I'm wrong. But um, he basically was like, no, I've been talking about Jesus to people who don't need to hear about Jesus. I'm going to go here. And then he's like, no, these people don't need to hear about Jesus either. They're teaching me about Jesus. So I'm going to exist here and let them teach me about Jesus for the rest of my life. That's what he did for the rest of his life. Um, Henry Nouwen. But he he wrote a quote, and it was something along the lines of, you are not what you do what you say or something else but you just are who you are mm-hmm. and I, it was in my therapist's like waiting area and I remember staring at it for like 10 minutes while she was finishing up her session uh-huh. and I marched in I said what does that even mean she's like you would love Henry now and like I'm surprised you didn't write his work and I said but what does that mean and she's like you just are who you are you aren't what you do oh it's you aren't what you believe you aren't what you say you aren't what you do or something mm-hmm. And I was like, that's exactly what you, who you are. Yeah. And I still struggle with understanding that because I am what I do. Like I am what I believe and I'm learning to try to separate myself from all of those things. Yes. Um, And so I think that if I could name a deepest fear, it would have something to do with that. I don't know what it would be. Yeah. So I... Have we talked about Richard Rohr before? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. he. I just read his book, Falling Upward, and he talks a lot about the false self and true self and all the stuff that um, Henry Nouwen said about you're not what you do or believe or eat or whatever the other one was. <laughs> what you poop, what yeah. you say. Um, like, you... You... The false self is, like, he calls it the ego. Mm-hmm. And I always thought, like, of ego, like... Oh, Kanye has a big ego. But, yeah. it, like, ego is, like, what you identify with that isn't, like, who you are. It's, like, I identify as a Pittsburgher. I identify as 6'1". I, like, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, as your Enneagram type. You identify as your Enneagram. Yeah, yeah. I'm a helper, so... Are you um, too? Yeah. I'm a three-wing, too. That's why I adopted you as a friend. I yeah, think. I was gonna guess... Because I said Achiever earlier, I think. And I was like, maybe she's an Achiever. Three wing... two Three is... Is that three? Achiever? Three Achiever, yeah. yeah. I only know, like, four of them, but... One, two, and three are the most important, I think. Yeah. And then <laughs> Just nine. kidding. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I get one and three mixed up a little bit sometimes, but... And then I know nine is the peacemaker. That's I, Katie. Oh, really? I think so. Yeah. Cool. I know, like, a bunch of nines now being three (laughs) 
I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm still kind of new to Enneagram, so that's like a Richard Rohr thing too. Did, did we talk about that? He's, Mm-mm. he's like really big into that. No. But anyway, I don't remember what I was saying. Oh. I'm reading his book and it had to do with that. Yeah. Ego. Yeah. Just, um, yeah, you, you want to identify with who you are and not listen to your outward. Yeah. Your false yeah. self. Which is hard. So hard. Yeah, it takes a ton of practice. And it's hard to identify what's what's the false self and the true self, too. So that's, like, another step into why it's hard. But I've, I've, trying to been think, I've, trying, I've been trying to think like that for since I read the book. And even before that, but I didn't fully understand what I was trying to do. You didn't have understand. words to put to what yeah. you were attempting to yeah. do. Isn't that the best feeling? Yeah, I put that on yeah. my top ten feeling list. Find, yeah, finding a vocabulary that feels right to you is really cool. And when you thought you had a special idea and you only had glimmers of it. Yeah. And, like, no language, but just glimmers. Mm-hmm. And then you read a book and it's like, this is called blank. Yeah. The glimmers you were seeing was blank, blank, and blank. And yeah. the goal of this, it came from... And you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. There's someone else. And yeah. then there turns out to be hundreds and yeah. thousands and millions. And you're yeah. like, okay, fine, I wasn't special. This mm-hmm. is even better than being special. Yeah. Is that something kind of addicting about books to you like finding yourself in them if that makes sense mm, yeah but i think that phrase makes me think more fiction i think the addiction to non-fiction is that rhymed the addiction <laughs> to non-fiction is the the idea that i'm 22 and i have some ideas so there's someone who's 40 who probably is similar who has the same ideas but has completed them or has right. tried them out and lets me know how it went yeah, yeah or has a similar personality type and knows what to do when you have a certain way of wanting to live you know what i yeah. mean like they help you with strengths and weaknesses that you know you have yeah because you can be as self-aware as you want like i can say consider myself dangerously self-aware like i'm too self-aware okay. but that doesn't mean i can fix any of those things it means yeah. I try to, right. but there's other people who are self-aware about their bad habits that are very similar to mine yeah. that have already done it, who've done the work. Interesting. That's what it's addicting about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you experimented with drugs when you were younger. Have you done psychedelics? I wish. That would have made me so much cooler. I read that and I was like, I should go do mushrooms just to say yes to that. <laughs> that would be make, like such a better story about my life. Yeah. What did what did you do? Anything I was fun? just a white girl who smoked weed occasionally. Oh, okay. Like I wasn't even that cool. Yeah. I wish I could have been, but I it's past. It's like past. Like I'm old now, and I'm yeah. like up for candidacy in the PCUSA, so I can't do it now. What's that? The Presbyterian Church of the United States. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm up for candidacy, it's, or not candidacy for inquiry. Sorry. Um, and if I, I, I it, my time has passed, I can't mm-hmm. do it, which is sad. I should have. I think you still can. I've, you know, I feel like, personally, if I'm attempting to give spiritual care to folks right now, yeah. maybe the best way to do that wouldn't be under the influence of shrooms. I don't think you should counsel people <laughs> while under the... But I think that could help you inform the things. Okay, so fun fact. The guy who came yeah. up with CPE, which is the program I'm doing, Clinical okay. Pastoral Education, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Chaplaincy and Training was hospitalized 
like four times for quote mental insanity mm-hmm. um, and instability. And all of his, most of his work of like the CPE program of how to be a good chaplain was done during those hospitalizations. What does that mean in this context? It means that he was put in an insane asylum while he was writing what we still use to show chaplains how to exist today and teach chaplains how to be chaplains, okay. aka maybe you could give spiritual care while on shrooms. Yeah. That like who yeah. knows? Because this man was put into. An insane asylum while he was writing how to give spiritual care to people. So, who knows? That's where his best work came from. Although, I'm sure it was something that was, like, not that big of a deal. That was just a big deal back then. Like, he was probably depressed or bipolar or something like that. Yeah. But because it was that time period, it was a huge deal. It was like his COVID. He had time to figure things out. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's when he got his good stuff done. Yeah. Um, Where... Did your love of books come from? We kind of talked about that, like, a little bit. Yeah. I had to do a reading program when I was little because I was, like, behind in reading. Oh, really? And then it only lasted one summer. And I was not dyslexic or anything. Mm -hmm. I think I just, like, didn't have the attention span for it. And then they found out that if I liked something enough, then I actually was a fine reader. They were like, get her out of here. Like, what? What's she doing? So that lasted really, really short. But I'm trying to read what I wrote down before. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll get to that still. Um, <laughs> uh, how many books do you read a year? Do you think? Read as in read front to back, or read as in read front to back, skim, start, get the main idea, and don't have energy to finish. Does that happen a lot? With nonfiction. Nonfiction, okay. Because there's only so many... Great. Like, the idea of the Holy Spirit existing as your own knowing and, like, your your burden on your shoulder Mm -hmm. is something that has been put into, like, 20 different phrases with their own words with different books right like mm-hmm. the book I just read Untamed by Glennon Doyle amazing but yeah. like a good chunk of it was about that idea okay. um, but how to oh, how to be a badass or something mm-hmm. was like a self help book that like was that was like a main chunk of it okay. um, like a lot of self help books have that as like a piece of it even though they won't use the words holy yeah. spirit or Bert, like the idea of like if you sink into yourself long enough you'll find the knowing mm-hmm. like which is whatever words you want to use yeah. for it god holy spirit yeah. intuition is important yeah you have to meditate to get it right like that idea can be is, is like a good one a great one yeah. that a lot of people don't know about right and i'm botching horribly by putting it into two words because people write whole ass books about yeah, it yeah. but once you get it once you get the idea once you have drank the kool-aid once you're on the train uh-huh. you can only read so much about it my right. aunt or sorry my cousin emily works in education mm-hmm. and there's this book i read called creative schools by his name's like sir or something he has one of the top five yeah ted talks oh wow um and it's like why schools kill creativity yeah um it's a widely known book widely known ted talk mm-hmm I read it freshman year of college. I was like, oh, Emily, have you read this book before? 
And she goes, honey, I drank that Kool-Aid years ago. Because she works in Chicago inner city schools. Uh-huh. She knows yeah. schools kill creativity. Yeah. She knows why. She knows how. Like, she's read and read and read and studied on it. Yeah. It's not that it's not a great book. It's not that she doesn't respect him. Mm-hmm. It's just that she, she knows the point he's getting at. She knows the data he's going to give to prove himself. Like, yeah. she agrees. She's already there. So I feel like that happens a lot yeah. with nonfiction books. You're like, yep, I've drank the Kool-Aid. Right. I'm here. We're on the same page already. Do you... Um... Do you think she, what is she, like, doing to help that? Do you, is she, I guess it doesn't matter, but. She's a, she has three kids, and they they do what, I'm going to use the term, like, purposeful living. Like, they make enough money to oh, live yeah. where, in a really white suburb of Chicago, but they chose to put their kids in a good school, but a city school. Um, it's still a great area. Like it's don't get me wrong. It's still an upper middle class area, but uh-huh. it's a div- it's a diverse upper middle class area, um, and it has a lot of LGBT folks in it. Yeah, and it has a lot of people of color, and that's not now. That's like to anyone who's not like that's not where you should stop. But that's what their big thing is for their kids because they're raising three young kids. Okay, um, is that this is the norm, not the suburb right next door where yeah. everyone looks just like you. That's where their big focus is, I think. But um, but specifically in schools, she I think that carries over. Like, she knows that schools kill creativity by killing a sense of differentiation between students. Yeah. And so embracing difference, I think. Which is so wide. I don't know what in practice that looks like for her. Yeah, but right. making sure that she's not celebrating similarities you know yeah yeah i think is probably i don't want to speak for her but i'm Mm -hmm. assuming that's where her work comes in yeah maybe it's a lot deeper i don't know yeah she's a french teacher so (laughs) yeah you can ask her she's pretty cool they're actually they just got an rv and drove around to california with their kids that's crazy so she just yeah they're really cool cool yeah um so i guess what do you think ballpark would be your number of books per year that you like feel like you've accomplished, quote unquote? I don't know, like sixty. Wow, that's great. Ish. Next year is gonna have to be way more because I'm gonna have so many required readings. Oh right, yeah. And I'm scared. I think it's gonna ruin reading for me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I hope not. This last one was good, so I'm in a good mood about reading right now. Good. Um, what percentage do you think that you were? I retain. Yeah. I was talking to Katie about this last night, and I was like, I don't know. I think it depends on the book. Yeah. Because if it's a new idea to me, 80. Oh, 90. wow. Like, nonfiction-wise. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If it's something I've kind of heard about before, 10. You asked me... Um, Mm-hmm. what is it the missing gospels yeah i was like i read that and then i googled it and i had to look at the wikipedia page and i was like i have no memory of that book at all so it must be similar to other books i've read yeah but then like unprotected texts yeah i could retain the main idea which yeah. was the bible and sexual moral code have literally nothing in common they are not at all intertwined whatsoever okay yeah, Talking to Strangers, I could give you, like, 40%, because I just read it, and it's phenomenal. Okay. It's so good. Is, um, he, is he still alive? What's yeah, he's, on? like, not that 
old. Really? And I guess this is not his first... I guess he has fans, like, before this book, mm-hmm. and he had written before, and yeah. this was, like, his big one, I think. Oh, okay. It was really good. I think you have it on my shelf if you want to leave with it. It's awesome. Um, Living Faithfully, Methodists are confused about if they like gays or not. Like, that's what I retained from that. <laughs> um... <laughs> And I think that's the other part. You know, it's like it just depends yeah. on what was in it, what it was about. If it was fiction. Fiction, I feel like I retain more. Because I can give you details. Because oh. it's a story to follow. Yeah, It's not an true. idea. Um, I don't remember where we were. Oh, yeah. Uh, how do you pick, like, what next book you're going to do? Mm, I like recommendations. Sounds nice. Oh, or the boys at the park. <laughs> I, I hope, hope not. not. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think it depends. I like recommendations, and then I like reading something after a certain person recommended it to me, yeah. and I'm like, oh, that fits. Yep. <laughs> no wonder they like that. You know what I mean? Like, I love that because it it tells me about a person. Once yeah, it recommends yeah. me a book. Yeah. Um, and then just things in my category. I love memoirs because mm-hmm. I think that when I read a memoir written by somebody similar to me I learn more about myself yeah. when I read a memoir written about somebody like my girlfriend I learn more about my girlfriend when I read a memoir written about somebody with you know yeah. like my parents I learn about my parents that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, and then I've just anything that intersects with life so like with um, Katie's seizures when she started having those I started asking around about books on trauma mm-hmm. and I found like what they call the bible on trauma okay. um which is called The Body Keeps the Score, and it's phenomenal. Okay. And oh, I, I saw that on learned story. so much that I had no... Like, I could probably retain a good 75% of that. Like, mm-hmm. amazing, you know? Because it intersected with what was happening in my life. Right yeah. Now, and it taught me a lot. Yeah. So I think just what's going on in life. Yeah. Um, so we talked about the Dunning-Kruger effect... <laughs> This, this kind of relates to book reading and stuff. Do you agree with it? It's the, it's the idea. We're trying to talk about it at lunch. Is that lunch? Yeah. Like dinner. It was lunch. It was um, But, yeah, the more you know, the less you know that you don't know, and then vice versa. The more you know, the less you know you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Basically, what I gathered from it was that stupid people think they're smart was, yes. like, the takeaway. Yeah. And then I was like, is this Tommy telling me I'm stupid? Huh. I'm going to hit him. But no. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with it. Okay. I think it, if it's right, it's in a very sad way. Like, it's because of a lack of resources. Like, if it's, if it's right, if stupid people think they're smart, it's not something we should, like... <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I shouldn't even use the word stupid, but, like, if uneducated people think they know a lot about something, it's yeah. because they didn't have the resources or the access to know a lot about it. Yeah, or they could think that they know enough. Exactly, because yeah. they... That's, like, their social... Like, that's their circle. Yeah. They've never seen anyone outside their circle, so right. they assume they know there is all there is to know, yeah. which in my head is sad. So if it's yeah. right, then it makes me sad. Right. I think it's also philosophical. Philosophical? Yeah. Like, I think it was like Socrates is like, the only thing I know is that I don't know or something like that. One of those guys. <laughs> I don't know. I'm reading about, in another book I'm reading right now, uh-huh. um, 
the art of Christianity and wheelchair maintenance somewhere. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, written by my CPE instructor. Do you hear them laughing? I do. Um, <laughs> it's about how Socrates and Plato are kind of intertwined at this point because we don't know if what Socrates said is what he said or if it's how Plato interpreted it. Right. And how that sucks because Plato's kind of a bit of a Oh, really? Which is really, yeah, I'm learning. I'm learning so much about uh-huh. it. I didn't know anything about it before this, so yeah. I'm enjoying it a lot. Cool. Um, I feel like, what What else, um, so you're enjoying that, the f- philosophical part of that book? It's all philosophy. He's oh. a... Kind of, I guess. It's about his life. It's a memoir. It's about his life and his philosophy and how he sees similarities between... I'm going to botch this, so I hope he doesn't ever hear it. But the similarities (laughs) between Socrates' idea of spiritual leaders as midwives and Jesus' teachings of Mm -hmm. spiritual leaders. And so he thinks that... um, He believes that Jesus' parables were influenced way more than we realize mm-hmm. by Plato. Wheelchairs. Oh. <laughs> by Plato and Socrates yeah. and that when Jesus was giving parables he was giving them because he was a spiritual leader at the time and he was um, giving a a version of a obnoxious philosophical question every time he gave a parable. Uh-huh. Like the one with the suns. Yeah. Right? Like this one is good. This one leaves. And the fu- he doesn't give you an answer to any of them. He's like, right. well, he doesn't say this one's better. Yeah. He leaves it up to us for interpretation every time. Right. And he says that Jesus was brilliant mm-hmm. because they're all philosophical. Right. And that's what spiritual work is, is not giving answers, but instead posing the question in a way that somebody has to figure out which one they believe. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. He's way smarter than me. I'm learning a lot from him. Yeah. But you said it, like, hurts your brain to... Yeah, it hurts my brain a lot, because I'm, like... Philosophical stuff, yeah. Sitting there, and I'm like, oh, my God, now I have so many more worries about the world and yeah. about my integrity than I did ten minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I like it. I enjoy... No, I like it a lot. Like, I'm enjoying it a lot. Yeah. I wanted to... I considered philosophy. When I oh, came really? to school, my dad was like, oh, hell no. There's no quicker way to be with zero dollars in your pocket than be a philosophy major. And then I was like, watch this, man. Became a pastor. (laughs) Watch this. (laughs) Watch me try. Um, But I always found philosophy really interesting. I just... I'm extroverted, which I think gets kind of a bad rep in philosophy and spiritual world. I think people think that if you talk a lot... Then you're not wise, and that you can't think deeply. Yeah. And I hate that because a lot of times it's like, oh my god, you're so cute, you're so sweet. Let's put you on stage for like the worship band, and I'm yeah. like, listen, kid, I sound like a dying cat when I sing. I'm here to <laughs> preach. Like, there's uh-huh. not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know that I talk a lot and mm. that I'm outgoing, but that doesn't mean I'm not capable of deep thinking. Yeah. And I think that's why I didn't fit in in the philosophy world is because I was outgoing and extroverted. And yeah. That yeah. doesn't normally go along with deep thinking and contemplation. Right. But I think you can have both. Maybe in 10 years I'll disagree with myself. But right now I think you can have both. Okay. Yeah, the, like, stereotypical philosophy, 
like major to me is like in a trench coat contemplative yeah very dark might have like it is an insomniac but like the kind that eats cigarettes for breakfast I remember saying to a guy a few weeks ago because I struggle sleeping and he's like is it insomnia and I was like it is but not like the cool kind where you like stay up and stare at the moon and write poems and like the, the suburban kind where like I really want to sleep yeah. like really bad yeah. and I just can't so I'm sad about it uh, not the cool dark mysterious yeah. kind and that's how I feel about philosophy majors right. like, cool dark and mysterious yeah yeah it's- <laughs> <laughs> I can't eat cigarettes for breakfast unfortunately I'm yeah. not at that level Put of, syrup on them. of cool yet <laughs> Uh, what made you choose your college autobahn? I don't know. Okay, listen. You know when people at church say, and God led me to this place, or and God showed me, or the Holy Spirit led me. Mm-hmm. I could point to like three times in my life where I stumbled upon something and I made a choice about something and I have literally no reason why I made that choice. Uh-huh. Otterbein is one of them. That was not me. I don't know why. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not saying God, like, poked me and was like, pick that one. Because I did not pray about it. I did not. Like, I was dead set on going to a different school. Oh, really? Ha- yeah, Ohio University. Okay. I had my senior pictures done in all my Ohio University stuff. That's so funny. We had three days as seniors to use as college visit days. Yeah. And my mom was like, this small school keeps sending you stuff, Otterbein. And it's right between Polaris, a mall, and Easton, another mall. <laughs> let's go in the morning, and then let's go shopping all day. Skip. That's like, awesome. Okay. So we went to it. I sat through the beginning, like, opening intro thing with my arms crossed. I was like, can we please leave? Like, this is horrible. I want to show And then we walked around, and everyone was... It was like... Some people say that small colleges are like high school again, because everyone knows everyone. Mm-hmm. I think they're like nursing homes. <sighs> everyone knows everyone. Everybody's in everybody's business, but nobody gives a damn. Like, yeah. nobody cares. Yeah. Like... Like, everyone knows everyone. Everyone knows you're up to. But mm-hmm. you're not 14 and, like, worried about it. You're, yeah. like, 80. And you're, like, well, if Cheryl did that with Bob last night, then that's great for Cheryl. But, like, right. you do your own thing. And that's what Autobahn was like. Like, everyone knew everyone, mm-hmm. but not in a high school way, in mm-hmm. an old folks way. Yeah. And, like, it was... I don't know if that's what drew me in subconsciously, and I didn't think about it. But I didn't even really like it that much. I was, like, this is fine. And then we went to a restaurant afterwards. Me and my mom. Wasn't that good. It was, like, a Greek food place right in Uptown. I was like, this is good. And then we got home, and my dad was like, what would you think? And I said, I think I want to go to Otterman. And my mom was like, yeah, I really liked it. And I was like, me too. My dad said, why? And I said, I don't know. I just really liked it. I think maybe maybe I would like it better. And he's like, oh, so you want, to, you want me to play a private school price now? Nice. I'm like, nice. Are you sure you like it? And I was like, I think so. And I ended up, I, I have no good reason. Wow. Nothing. It's one of the only times in my life I can point to and be like, yeah, I don't think that was me who made that choice. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Why did you choose a sorority? I chose a sorority because I thought I was supposed to. Like, as a freshman and, like, who was a white girl. (laughs) And I, like, didn't do anything. I didn't have a sport. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that was the default. Like, if you didn't do that and you didn't do sports, what were you? Yeah. Like, a video game like I was like no I'm not falling into like a subcategory I have to belong somewhere like I felt like I needed to have a thing yeah that thing ended up being very different than I ever thought it would be but what did you think it was 
a bunch of girls who were <coughs> just like me, but like, you know, peppy and like freshman year me, you know, mm-hmm. like just <laughs> everything Vineyard Vines, Lily Fulter, like yeah. happy to be here loves Jesus but not in the real way in the like positivity way mm-hmm. like and it turned out to be like a bunch of really outspoken obnoxious beautiful loud smart women mm-hmm. and I'm really thankful it wasn't what I thought it was yeah that's more interesting way more interesting <laughs> what did you what was like your role there I was a president last year, mm-hmm. um, so I was, I always joke and say I babysat 60, 60? college girls year-round. Wow. Um, most of them called me mom, <laughs> really, but they, they are the best support system. Like, it's like a cult, kind of. <laughs> it is. Like a suburban cult and sororities have a lot to work on because they're still kind of classist and they're still super racist and (laughs) they have a lot to work on but Mm -hmm. I think that they could do good things if they actively try yeah the idea of them is good right Mm -hmm. yeah that's like police it's the idea idea is good good. it's just the carrying out that could be a lot better yeah (laughs) sororities are like police stations (laughs) that's the headline of this (laughs) Sororities are like police stations and other myths I believed in high school. <laughs> um, you studied abroad in Vietnam. What was that like? I did because I was not going to be the bitch who went to Europe. I was not, <laughs> not going to be the girl who went on a study abroad trip to Europe and came back having my life changed. I mm-hmm. refused. If anyone went to Europe who's listening to this, I'm so sorry. I respect you immensely, but... <laughs> Vietnam was cool and fun and yeah, different. It was way different, and I felt like I didn't know enough about it culturally to go there respectfully on my own. Oh yeah, yeah. Or without accidentally spending fourteen thousand dollars and getting super gypped because sometimes yeah, I'm an idiot, you know. Yeah. So I was like, I'm gonna do this with the school because it's somewhere I wouldn't feel comfortable going on my own the first time because mm-hmm. I don't know enough about it to not screw something up. Didn't we talk about gypped before? No. What about being gypped? No, the, the word? word. Yeah. Maybe I don't remember. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Gyp Gyp is short for gypsy. Oh really? Yeah. Is it? A, should I not use it? Is it not yeah, culturally appropriate? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. What's a replacement word? Um, Jude. No. <laughs> oh my god, that's horrible. <laughs> Christian. Paul. Like the apostle Paul. I was Pauled. Yeah. I guess if you want to do that, I think you just got scammed. Scam, but not truly scammed. Just like, I don't know, I'll, I'll look up synonyms later. Scammed is a good word. I'll use scam yeah. for now, I guess. But yeah. yeah, I just feel like I couldn't have done it on my own without having something dumb happen. And I went there and then I went to Cambodia. Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't enlightening in any special way because I wasn't Neither long. or Cambodia specifically? Neither, because mm-hmm. I was there for what? Like a month. Oh. So... I thought they were longer. Like, just abroad. It was May term. What does that mean? May. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't like, oh my god, this changed my life. But in small ways it did. I met my best friend Meg there. Um, okay. And I got to journal and write a lot. And I got to slow down a little. And 
I'd do it again. I love Vietnam. Mm-hmm. It's be- it's beautiful. If I ever decide to go on a lavish vacation in my entire life, I will skip everywhere just to go to the Condal Islands. In wow. Vietnam. It's way prettier than anywhere else I've ever been before. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, I had something. This is like the longest I've gone in a podcast without forgetting something, so I'm proud of myself. <laughs> Um, we have an hour, so hopefully you can still yeah. remember everything you need to say. Yeah, we, we're only like halfway through the... Well, that's good then, because we've been doing it for an hour, right? Has it only been... No, 1.41. Oh, shoot. Okay. We'll speed talk. <laughs> yeah. And plus we have the boys to come in, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll just move past that, because I don't remember what I was going to say. It doesn't matter. Um, let's just skip to how, do, how did uh, Youth Works end? With homophobia and therapy. <laughs> um, YouthWorks is an inclusive community, and they claim to be open and affirming. Mm-hmm. I believe that they mean to be. Um, unfortunately, the site director I had was not. Um, and she was not actively mean or horrible. Yeah. But she made it clear her views and then tried the love the sinner, hate the sin approach. Yeah. Um, I had never been out in a group of faith people before. That was my first time being out oh, in yeah, a church yeah, yeah. setting. Yeah. I, like I said, assume everyone is a, all that in a bag of potatoes. So I forget, <laughs> I forget church people are homophobic because that's not what I grew up in. Yeah. So I came there. I got all these passive aggressive confrontations, all these focus on her asking me inappropriate questions about my sex life and making horrible judgments and saying not nice things but that weren't not nice enough that you could pin them down but yeah. knew they weren't right yeah, yeah. it was my first time experiencing all these microaggressions right. and it was it was too much and I hit a wall and I had been running 100 miles an hour for the last like year Yeah. and I called my dad and I was like I need to come home and he said are you coming home because you want to be closer to Katie? Because that's not, that's not okay. And I didn't, I hadn't told him, but Katie had kind of had a freak out and was like, maybe we should take a break yeah. the night before. Yeah. And I was like, I oh, I don't, that. I don't take breaks either. You're in or you're out. Sorry. Yeah. Go figure it out. And she said, okay. And I told my dad like, no, Katie and I are close to broken up. I need to come home. Like I'm not doing well. Yeah. Um, and he said, okay, I will buy you a ticket. Um, but if you come home, you're, you're going to go to therapy and you're going to take some time. You're going to rest. Yeah. You're not going to jump into a job that you find posted at home as soon as you get there. You're not going to go like run and jump into something new. I think, you yeah. need, I think you need rest. And I said, I think I do too. And then I went home. That was like kind of your pre-corona practice that what what was uh like you're slowing down after the yeah well it tried to be and then it kind of got taken away during senior year because senior year first semester was the busiest i had ever been really um because i had just taken on too much i was student teaching while i was doing while i was running kappa right um so i tried though um it's something that summer, while Katie and I weren't together, I, like, really worked on. I thought I worked on. I don't mm-hmm. know if I actively did, but I thought I did. Uh-huh. 
I think that I claimed it more than I actually did it, but okay, it was a start. Yeah, it was start somewhere. Where uh ah frick, I can't remember again. I must have hit a wall somewhere. Um, oh yeah, I wanted you to talk more about didn't the uh, your site leader like try to pray my gay away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she literally. So what happened? We were having this like moment, and during training, there's a time where our leader like washes our feet and then prays yeah. over us. Mm-hmm. And my leader, let's call her Beth, for the sake of this. Okay. Beth was um, praying to Ella and to the other girl on my team. And then Beth prayed over me. And she comes from a background that's, like, Pentecostal and Mm -hmm. very, like, aggressive prayer. Yeah. So if you grew up in, like, a Methodist or Presbyterian church, your prayer might be like, Lord, help me through this day. Give me my daily prayer. Pentecostal is like re- release the demons from inside of me and so she said something she was praying and she's kind of got like closer and closer to me and I was like very uncomfortable and then finally she said something like along lines of please let Emily recognize her demons inside of her and release them from her or something and I, I was like that's it I'm out and I just left <laughs> did you say I, I, I just sobbed I left sobbing and Ella <laughs> And the other girl ran after me. My longtime friend Allison was there. She ran after me. And I just had a full-ass panic attack mm-hmm. in the middle of this church. And I, I just remember saying over and over, like, I'm good at my job. Mm-hmm. Tell her to leave me alone. I'm good at my job. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I've done this for three years. I'm good at my job. I'm good at job. Just let me do my job. Please yeah. just let me do my job. And everyone was like, we know you are, we know you are, like, you're, like, you're the best at your job, you're fine, you're fine. And I was like, no, like, just let, like, tell her to just let me do my job. Yeah. And of course, the poor thing, she came out thinking that she had released my demons, and that's why I was having a panic attack, right? Oh, so no. she was like, oh, like, yeah. No. <laughs> and so, then I find out, I tell her um, supervisor, hey, this happened, it needs to stop. Yeah. He has a talk with her. She's like, oh my god, I didn't know she was going to take it away. That's not at all what I was talking about. I prayed that same prayer over the other two. Mm. My good friend Ella was like, oh, like hell she did not. No one said anything about my demons. That is a lie. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, I thought I did, you know. And I really don't think it came from a bad place. I don't think she was meaning to be... I don't think she was meaning to ruin my life at the time, you know. (laughs) I really don't. I don't think she was. Um, I think she was confused. Yeah. And... The her supervisor was basically like, she didn't mean to. I was like, well, that's not what matters because mm-hmm. it's it's not what she meant to say. It's how I took it, you know. Yeah. And she apologized profusely, and I got to sight. Did you believe her? Partially. Yeah. Um. She wasn't from the U.S. Hmm. It was a big cultural thing too. Okay. So that part of me really did believe her. Yeah. Um. We got to the site. I tried to go, 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 as I had been go, go, going for the last year. Mm -hmm. And I just remember being like, all right, Emily, like, put this aside, put everything aside, and just, like, you love youth works. Do it. Like, Mm -hmm. just do your job. Mm -hmm. You can just do it. And I was like, and go. And my body was like, oh, no, 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 no. And I was like, all right, and (sighs) go. And my body was like, nope, nope, literally no. And then 
Katie started having a freak out and was like, I think we should be done. And I was like, okay, fine. Like, think you figure it out. You think about it. I'll give you a few days. And I was like, okay, Emily, like, don't worry about Katie. Don't worry about anything. Do the thing you love. Yeah. Go! And my body was like, I'm gonna shut down soon. <laughs> like, you are being an idiot. And yeah. that's when I finally called and was like, I need to come home. Yeah. Um, you said that was like the first time you were out. I was out in, yeah. in a faith community. How did, uh, did you, how did that, like, it changed how did people everything. know? Yeah, um, because it comes up in conversation. Yeah. Whether you realize it or not. When you you're, <laughs> yes, oh my god, I mean, especially when there's teenage boys around you all the time. They just said, That's like, the first that question stuff? they ask. Really? Not, are you gay? Do you have a boyfriend? Oh. Uh. No. <laughs> then, they're, then they're like, that's a great reason to let me hit on you know so instead you you know it's true no I have a girlfriend like I'm not gonna lie I'm not gonna be like nope yeah have at it <laughs> you know they're yeah. but like and not only that but it's a part of my life you know who's mm-hmm. who's who's that on your screensaver mm-hmm. like oh who who are you on the phone with yeah at night like mm-hmm. it's not I've never believed that it's healthy for me to hide it and I don't ever want to have to do that and yeah. I remember when my supervisor first saw my photos picture of uh, Katie and I at formal and Katie's wearing like a full button down like suit and yeah. I'm like we're matching and like it's very obviously like a formal picture and she goes is that your very best friend? and I said well yes but also <laughs> you know like I'm not gonna you know Yeah. so that's I mean it was people were quick to find out and I felt like I was hiding something if I didn't tell them yeah um we kind of skipped ahead, but can you tell your, like, coming out story? Like Yeah. Uh, Should I start with the other one of how I met Katie? Because that's kind of how it, like, okay, goes yeah, together. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in high school, I was nowhere near... <gasps> Did you get on your laptop? Yeah, a little bit. But oh, it's okay. It's just on top. Yeah. It'll get off carpet. It's just water. Sorry. No, it's just water. It okay. won't do anything. I was just worried about the laptop. Yeah. Plus, I spill in here all the time, so it's okay. Just don't let it get in your lap. Carpet soaks stuff up. That's its job. But anyways, um, no, you're okay. So, high school, I was like, oh, there are girls who date other girls. Mm-hmm. That's fun and interesting. Like, <laughs> wow. And then I was like, oh, but not for you, because, like, you got the church thing going. You yeah. got the, like, you want to be friends with all the other people like you don't want to ostracize yourself right so keep it to yourself kind of a thing because mm-hmm. I had had boyfriends so I was like I'm sure I can get it like I'll just date boys it's fine I'll do that that's cool yeah. and then I um do you mind if I get I'm sorry get a um paper towel or something use yes I was gonna say there's probably something in here but if not oh go to the bathroom there's toilet paper okay alright so anyways so high school I was like yeah girls but not for me you know um i dated boys i thought i could keep dating boys um had a long-term boyfriend the first two years of college oh right and he was no bueno no good um not a great guy and i he knew he knew that you were gay yeah at least that i thought at the time that i was maybe bi but wow he told me all the time he was like emily you don't like when boys try to use physical touch as a love language. Yeah. Like you don't like being touched, like hugs, like kisses, anything. But you love 
be like with your friends being like held and like what's what's going on there yeah. and i was like no i just like i just have a personal bubble which is like such you know that that's such like any of my friends i'm like i will hug you and hold you and we can be best friends and you hold my hand and we're right here like i love like physical touch is one of my favorite love languages uh-huh. but for men i was dating i was like please like i have a space bubble which is so not true but i was like please personal bubble i need personal space i don't even know what personal space is like i was uh-huh. such it, but <gasps> i i've denied it and i think just intimately like he was like you you hate everything about this like you're uncomfortable yeah. like with all men like what is like i don't think you like guys yeah. and i was like now it's you <laughs> i was like no it's totally you sorry like must must be a you problem <laughs> and um then got to college those two years dated him thought that it was just like oh i like girls and guys probably mm-hmm. but i knew i wanted to go to ministry so i was like I, I gotta pick teams. It's gotta be boys. Like, yeah. sorry. Like, I'm not making my life a living hell for nothing. Yeah. Um, and then I broke up with... Um, oops, sorry. I broke I, up I with Tommy. I broke up with Nick. I broke up with Nick. We'll call him Nick. Okay. And, um... I had been in the sorority. Uh-huh. And I had a little, and her name was Jordan. Mm-hmm. And when you get a little, this isn't normal in other sororities, but for us, you... They join the sorority on, like, a Monday or whatever. And mm-hmm. then Tuesday you get your little so you don't like know them you just get to like meet them for a little bit and then you kind of like get to pick them but not really okay and most of the time you don't know them well at all yeah and so i had jordan um and then my junior year after coming back from the summer with you guys um <laughs> they were like hey emily there's two girls left on this list that need a big and i was like uh-huh because they know i'm the only one stupid enough to do it because no one wants to take more littles when you already have uh, one because it's so much work yeah and i hadn't been part of kappa during recruitment mm-hmm. i had been in charge of recruitment for like all of otterbein so yeah. i didn't know any of the girls we had brought in okay and they were like their names are katie and marissa mm-hmm. and i said is there really no one else that'll take them and they said yeah because they're both sophomores and most of the time sophomore girls are the ones who take the freshman incoming class but oh. these two girls had rushed as sophomores yeah so no sophomores wanted to take someone their own age mm-hmm. and i was a junior and they're like will you take them no one else is gonna do it like you're the only one nice enough who we can manipulate into doing this and i was like okay yeah that's fine whatever yeah so i was out shopping for their like baskets for their big little reveal thing uh-huh. and i was meeting up with my friend olivia that next day from YouthWorks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I wasn't planning on being on Big Little Reveal because I wasn't planning on having a little. Yeah. And I was like, I might be late for my meeting with Olivia. Is that cool? And they were like, yeah, we'll just try and like, you know, hold it off till you get there. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, get the stuff for the Big Little Reveal. Have somebody else help me put it together. Everyone kind of adds stuffing because it got put on me because, you know, other people were supposed to take them, but everyone helped out because it wasn't really my responsibility. Yeah. And I'm, like, yanking into the parking lot at 6.02. It starts at 6. And they're all, like, huh. all the girls, the new girls, are, like, turned around, like, with their eyes closed. Because they feel like, wait. And then they turn around and find out who it is or whatever. Yeah. And I remember running in and being, like, what are their names? And they had said, like, Katie and Marissa. I was, like, okay, cool. And they're, like, but Marissa's not here today. Marissa ended up dropping, like, two okay. days later. And I was, like, okay, so what's the girl? And they are like, Katie. 
And I was like, okay, cool, whatever. And so I, like, ran in. And she's, like, standing there with her eyes closed. And I've never seen this girl because I hadn't been with Kappa for recruitment. I have been running, like, the whole thing at yeah. the university level. Yeah. And they're like, three, two, one, woo! And she turned around, and I was like, oh, my God, she's, like, yelling and shrieking, like, oh, stop. Like, what is this? And then I said hi to her, and we took pictures, like, and then I was like, hi, my friend Olivia's here and I have to drive her home. So I got to go. Like, nice meeting you. Oh, my God. And then I left. Yeah. And I drove Olivia home. Mm-hmm. And I came back. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, she was so pretty. Like, she was so cute. But that's weird. Like, you can't do that. <laughs> right? Like, you're, you can't do right, that. Right, guys? Yeah, right, guys? <laughs> you can't do that. And so then the next day, I was like, hey, I'm really sorry. Like, I didn't get to talk to you much. Do you want to, like, hang out tonight? We can go get... Uh, McFlurries from McDonald's mm, or something. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I'm not doing anything. And so we went and we talked at McDonald's for like six hours or something crazy. Wow. And every day since then, <laughs> we've been pretty inseparable. Really? We, I never came out to her. Okay. Um, Did she know, you mean? She claims she knew. Um, and one night, I was this is really funny. So she's played soccer for okay. Otterbein. Yeah. And she had a bunch of really bad turf burn up her legs that look like cuts. Um, cause they're like, they look like you were cutting yourself. Yeah. And our girl in charge of pledging pulled me aside one day and was like, Hey Emily. And this was before we were together. Right. Cause she yeah. was, I was like, you can't do this. Right guys. <laughs> and she was like, Hey Emily, Kitty is cutting. I think she's cutting herself. And uh-huh. I was like, Oh, and she's like, I've told everyone else to like kind of back off their littles and give them some space as like we finish up the process right before they go active. But I want you to like keep a close eye on her yeah. and like stay with her when you can. Of yeah. course, at the time I was like, I can do that. Yeah. Like, that's not an issue. But I was like, oh my god, like she's totally like she's cutting herself. What? And so I started sleeping there because um, we were together twenty four seven anyways. And yeah. then I was like, well, that must be when the cutting is happening because that's the only time I'm not there. Right. I, a month later, I ended up telling her, I was like, yeah, I started staying with you because you were kind. She's like, that's turf burn, you idiots. You know, so we found out it was just turf burn. But at the time, we yeah. all thought she was cutting herself, so I started sleeping over. Um, In and the same bed at that point? Yes. Okay. And we were, like, flirting, but also not really because, like, we were like, how much can we get away with? Like, does yeah. she even? The whole time, I was like, I don't even know if she knows because I hadn't come out to anyone. Yeah. I told anyone. Yeah. And then one night, we were laying there, and she's like, I have to go pee. And I was like, okay, cool, whatever. And she left to go pee. And she got back in bed, and she just laid one on me. And I was like, you are so lucky that you have a good gaydar, kiddo. Like, you are so lucky. So lucky. And I did not say that, obviously. I just kind of sat there, like, stunned. And I was like, we'll talk about this tomorrow. Don't do that again. And... Did, Did you think she was, like, in trouble? I just was like... No, I. she was about to go active. She was still my little. Like, yeah. she was still in pledging. Yeah. So I didn't know if we were about to get... Like, I don't know if I could get kicked out for that. Right. Not of Kappa, but, like, uh, like I didn't know if we were, like, breaking any rules. I didn't yeah. know what was going on. Yeah. I was like, this isn't even a thing, is it? Like, you can't do this. Yeah. And obviously it was nicer than that. I wasn't, like... Right, okay. Mean. But I, I was so. just like, we're going to talk about this tomorrow. Let's, like, hold off on that until you're active. Because the yeah. next day was, like, her last day of pledging. Yeah. And I was like, wait a day. Yeah. Before this is a thing. Mm-hmm. And so we waited a day, and then we talked about it, and I was like, I'm not gonna, like, like if we're doing something here, then we're doing a relationship, because 
this is weird enough. We're going to have to put words to it. We're going to have to tell people. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I don't know if that's what you want, but you need to figure it out. <laughs> uh -huh. Common phrase of mine. And she was like, okay. And then we stayed attached to the hip for the next, like, three weeks, two weeks, three weeks. And then I brought her home for my mom's surprise 50th birthday party. And uh -huh. she got to meet everyone that, yeah. like, I love because everyone was there for it. Yeah. And we came home and she was sitting in the car and she looked at me she said the stupidest thing she goes she stares at me and I was like what what's wrong with you she goes I'm head over heels for you and I said that's gross <laughs> that's so gross <laughs> but does that mean like you've decided what you want and she's like yes like I would I think we should start telling people and I want to be in a relationship yeah and I was like you better mean that because if we tell people then that's me coming out right <laughs> So, like, you better think long and hard about yeah. that, you know? And she's like, no, this is what this is really what I want. And I uh -huh. said, okay. Um, and so we started very slowly telling people, mm -hmm. um, one at a time. I was there uh, for a, a little bit mm -hmm. of it. Yeah, it was very strategic. It was like, every time we told, we told them, like, we're telling you so that when we tell everyone else, like, we can have backup, yeah. you know? Which was true. Like, because yeah. I didn't know how people were going to take this. Right. Like, it was weird. Like, you're doing your little what? That's yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah. Also, like, you're gay? What? Like, people didn't know. Like, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of it got shit on because people were like, oh, you're gay because of her. You mm -hmm. know? Like, I, which, because I didn't come out before her, a lot of people were like, oh, she turned you gay, which I hated, you know? Yeah. And so we needed our friends and family to, like, back yeah. us up. So we started very slowly telling people. And during that, I told my dad. And I came up to him and I said, Dad, I have to talk to you. And he was laying in bed. He has his, like, book in front of him, six chins, because he's, like, laying backwards with the glass. He said, what? And I started crying. And I was, he goes, what? And I said, me and Katie are dating, because he had met her from the 50th. Uh -huh. And he dies laughing. He goes, I know. And I said, what? And he said, I know. And I said, what do you mean you know? And he goes, well, Emily... You guys might try to be sly, but I've never seen you look at somebody that excited before. Wow. And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and he's like, you guys just look at each other like you really deeply care about each other. Yeah. And I said, oh. And he goes, well, that aunt she's wearing a button down, so come on, Emily. And I said, all right, shut up, Tim. And <laughs> then he said, you need to tell your mother. And yeah. I said, no. And he said, she's asked me every night since the 50th if you've told me yet. Oh she gosh. knows. You just need to tell her. Yeah. And I said, okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I was still crying. And he said, why are you crying? And I said, I don't want to. I'm scared. He goes, do you not like her? And I said, mom? He goes, no, Katie. And I said, yes, I like her. I like her so much. And he said, so this is a good thing because you're finally dating somebody you like, right? Yeah. And I said, yeah. He goes, so why are you crying? And I was like, because it's scary. Like, yeah. um, but my dad, his parents, my dad has a best friend named Jay. And when Jay came out in high school, Jay's parents kicked him out and my dad's parents took him in. Oh, yeah. So my dad has no tolerance for anyone who's, like, he's like, what do you mean? Why are you crying? Like, this is happy. Why, why is this dramatic? Yeah. Like, this is a good thing. Yeah. And so I told my dad, started telling more people. Katie told her people. By the time we were ready to tell Kappa as a whole, like, in an announcement, sort of, like, group me, hey, guys, we're dating, mm -hmm. I think, like, two-fifths of the chapter already knew. Yeah. So that they were up and up. Like, I was like, okay, guys, I'm sending it. And everyone was like, and if anyone says we're going to cut you in the 
throat and you will die bleeding on the side. Like they were ready up in arms. Yeah. Like, and we told everyone. Um, and no one had any, I mean, a few people had issues with it, obviously, really? but the people you expected, like the ones who never come around anyways yeah. and are just sad about their lives kind of yeah. a thing. Yeah. Um, and then I had to tell my mom mm-hmm. and I told her when we were in Florida on vacation and my dad was like, you need to tell her before we go to Florida. And I was like, nope. And he was like, all right, you're telling her at Florida. And we told her, I told her on the back patio area. And I said, mom, uh, I need to talk to you. And she said, mm-hmm. And I said, uh, Katie and I are dating. And my dad, like, has the patio door open. He's just kind of, like, trying to very nonchalantly walk back and forth, like, chilling with his coffee. Yeah. And she goes, she looks me dead in the eyes, and she goes, now, before I tell this, I should say she's fought for LGBT rights in the church for years. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Like, I knew she was going to be fine in terms of with it as a whole. It was the fact that it was me. Because I'd heard her say before, like, oh, if, any, if one of my kids came out, that would just break my heart. Oh, my God. I couldn't imagine. Just because, like, what that makes your kid go through kind of a thing. Oh, uh, okay. And how much harder that is for you guys socially kind of yeah. a thing. And so she, I knew she was, had worked really hard in the church to make LGBT people feel included. Mm-hmm. And I knew that she had allowed me to grow up around Jay, my dad's best friend, and his partner. So, like, I knew that it was going to be somewhat okay. I wasn't mm-hmm. like Katie where... Her mom was like, oh, no, you're going to hell, and I'm taking everything away from you. You know, like, yeah. it, it wasn't bad, but I knew it also wasn't good. And she looked at me dead in the eye, and she said, that's nice, honey, but I don't think you're gay. I think you're an attention whore. And I literally, my mouth just dropped. My dad starts speed walking out there. He goes, how are we doing? How's everyone doing? Is everything okay? And I said, mom, if I wanted to be an attention whore, I would date men. She said, I don't know about that. And I said, trust me, it's much easier. And she just kind of smiled a little, and she was like, well, I think you need to think about it. And then she left. And the next, like, three months were her acclimating to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's great now. She's so kind to Katie. She loves Katie. Oh, good. She bought her an Easter basket. Like, like Mm -hmm. we're... And she's been amazing and supportive, but it was hard for her at first. Um, And then I told my grandparents before I left for the summer. Yeah. Um, and my grandma said, well, honey, just make sure you don't get confused between a girlfriend and a good friend, because obviously she's just a good friend. <laughs> and we all just kind of looked at each other, and yeah. my dad was like, yeah, it's not worth it, whatever, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. My grandpa, we all looked at my grandpa, he's like, that's awesome. Really? So exciting. Yeah, he's a godsend. Um, he asked if we could go on a walk afterwards, and he held my hand, and we were on a walk, and he says... How do you feel now that you finally get to be in a relationship with someone that you seem to be really excited oh about? God. And I was like, yeah. I feel great. Like, thank That's you. Beautiful. And he sent a picture. This is my mom's dad, but he sent a picture of me from homecoming, sophomore year. It's a picture of me and my then boyfriend. And the boyfriend's trying to lean in towards me. And I'm like leaning away to the other side, smiling. And he sent it to my dad and he said, obviously should have figured it out then or something and my dad was like oh my god paul like oh my god so So he was great with it my grandma has gotten better um and those were the last two like big ones that Mm -hmm. i needed to tell that i left for the summer and katie and i broke up so then i was like i did all this work for nothing yeah um and i had said before she kind of had a freak out Mm -hmm. and i was like you need to figure it out because i'm not doing a break that's not a choice for me yeah and she had said before, 
I don't do breaks. Like, I think we just need to work hard. So I was like, I know that's not a choice for you either. Like, yeah. that's BS. Huh. Figure it out. And she called me the day I got home from South Dakota. And that night, and she said, I made up my mind. I think we need to be done. And I said, I don't think you understand what you're doing. Like, I really don't. Like, I'm not in, like, a creepy, like, you don't know what you're doing. Mm. But just, like, I really don't think you're thinking forward. I think something's happening and you're not telling me. Yeah. Um, I really think you need to think about this. Like, I'm really scared about this. And she's like, no, I'm sorry. I made my mind. And I said, okay. I, I don't think you have, but okay. Um, and then probably a week later, hi. I said, Mm-mm. no, we're not going to do that. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not doing that. Like, yeah. you, you made up your mind. No. Two weeks later, I miss my best friend. I said, mm, yeah, probably. Yeah. You made, like, you made your choice. Uh-huh. I gave you ample opportunity to not make this choice. Mm-hmm. No. Um, eventually, she wormed her way into, can we talk when we get back to campus? And I said, yeah, that's fine. Because I thought she wanted her stuff back. And I was embarrassed, you know? I was like, oh, my God. Like, this girl just broke up with me. Like, what the hell? And I was trying to, like, be calm and, like, oh, my gosh, I'm... I'm spiritual, I'm I'm collected, I'm not trying to win and do, yeah. but I totally was. I was trying to win the breakup in every way. <laughs> I remember specifically Cheever. running on a treadmill one day. Katie's really into CrossFit, like, big CrossFit gay, and I, <laughs> I just remember being pissed that she had reached out to me, because she reached out to me that morning again, uh-huh. and I was like, hi, I miss you, and I was just livid, and I was running on the treadmill at the Y, and I ran five miles because it times out at one hour and I run five miles in a, like about an hour mm-hmm. and I got off of it and then I was like well I can get on the treadmill next to it and then I did five on that one and then I said well I can just go back to the other one and I did 3.3 and I realized that I had accidentally ran over a half mile or a half marathon on that treadmill Wow! and I was like I should stop because my knees are about to break. <laughs> like, not not like active pain, because I was so numb. Because yeah. I was so angry, I was yeah, numb. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, I'm in pain. It was like, this isn't good for my body. I should stop. And I just, I literally remember stepping up, turning it off, stepping out the treadmill, and just walking out. Mm-hmm. Getting in the car, driving home, getting in the shower, taking two ibuprofen, sitting down and reading. Like, I was so numb because I was so angry. Yeah. I was... And I was like, fine, this is how I'll win. Like, you want to try and break up for me? I will run a half mile on a treadmill, and I will get into pr- half mile, half marathon on a treadmill, and I will get into Princeton with a full ride. Watch me. Like, I wanted to win, you know? Yeah. I wanted to win. Yeah. And I put it on the pretense of not winning, because it was, like, a more mature way of yeah, winning. It yeah, wasn't yeah. like, I'm going to go hook up with all your friends kind of winning. <laughs> it was like, I'm going to really win. Yeah. And it still wasn't good. No. But I, it's what I knew to do, you know? And... Um, we met when we got back to campus. She picked me up in her car. I spent the whole day with my friend Taylor Har making that friendship candle. We oh. went to the candle lab and made it. Oh, cool. And Taylor, I was like, I don't want to be like looking like I'm just sitting here alone when she gets here. Taylor's uh-huh. like, okay, let's drive her around and like just listen to really loud and obnoxious music. And then when she tells you she's here, we'll like pull up as if we're like running late. And I was like, okay, good, good, yeah. So we like drove around in circles and finally she was like, I'm here. And I was like, okay, sorry, like on my way. <laughs> and I get in the car I'm like bye Taylor you know I get in the car and I said where do you want to go and she's like we can go to the comm building because we always would sit at the comm building and like sit in the parking lot there and talk for hours and I was like okay and so she puts it in park she gets in the comm building 
puts in park, she puts her leg like up here and she puts her elbow on the dash. She puts her head, or sorry, on the window. Yeah. And she puts her head looking out her window and she doesn't say anything. And in my head, I'm thinking like, oh, I'm not going to give you the easy way out. Like, I'm not going to start this for you. Because I knew what she wanted. I knew she wanted me to be like, so, like, tell me how you're feeling. Tell me what happened. You know, I was like, Mm-mm. like, if you want to try to fix this, you're going to fix it. Like, that, I was like, this is this is how it's going to go. Yeah. And so I didn't say anything. I sat there. And I crossed my arms and I was like, I will play this game. I have a house of sorority girls waiting. To, you know, everyone at the house was like, tell us what happens. Like we can follow in the car. Like we might be sitting in the bushes when you get there. Like we're all tracking your location. One, <laughs> one of us might be in the trunk. Like we yeah. are here. We are ready. You know, yeah. I felt supported. I felt good, but I was like, I'm not doing this for you. Mm-hmm. And it was 42 minutes or 41 or something. Yeah. Uh, nothing. Did not look at me. That's anything. And finally I, I said, I can't even comprehend that. Yeah. I could, it was the longest I've been silent in my entire life. And I was <laughs> like, listen, I know that, you obviously have something to say because you're the one who asked me to meet and I have things to do and I'm not going to do this for you. So you can go ahead and say something. Yeah. But I'm not doing it for you. And she takes another five minutes looking at the window. What are you doing? Are you just like I am sitting here with my legs up on her dash, arms crossed. Not even like looking at your phone or anything? I refused. I was the pettiest of all petty. I was like, I will win this game. I will win it. And she turns and she looks at me and she just looks so like she just had like a epiphany she goes i think i just made no she says i think i may have made one of the biggest mistakes of my life and i said yeah and she says yeah and i said well no she Were you relieved at this point? Are you like... I was relieved. I was very relieved. I was relieved. Petty and relieved. I wasn't like... I wasn't going to be like, oh, thank God you're back. You know, I was petty relieved. And I said, yeah, you did. When did you come to that conclusion? And she said, about 20 minutes ago. And I said, hmm. Because I still had to be petty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to win. And (laughs) then we sat in the car and we talked until... I think it was like four. She got to practice at eight p.m. Oh wow! And we sat and we talked till four a.m. Um, and it was me basically being like, her her. She tried to read me something from her phone mm-hmm. about like why she did what she did. And she pulled out her phone, and I kid you not, Tommy, I took it and I flung it, and I said, "If you have something to say to me, then you can look at me and say it. You don't get to read it off your phone. That's a cop out." Because I knew this wasn't her speaking. I knew it was what her mom had told her. I knew it was what she'd been taught her whole life. I yeah. knew it was her anxiety and her freaking out about finally dating a girl outwardly and co- like I knew it was all those things, and I knew it was her being stupid. Like I this knew was it her wasn't first her first relationship too. No, she was in high school with a girl, and her mom found out, and her mom freaked and threatened a lot of stuff okay. and it was horrible she tried to she came out to her parents three times none of them have gone well yet <laughs> yeah fourth one we're hoping it's gonna work. right like it might change one of these times but anyways so i knew it wasn't her like the her i knew mm-hmm. was not gonna read me a letter about why she decided to go from i promise i'm gonna marry you to yeah. i don't see us together i was like it's you don't yeah. get to you don't get to cop out like that. Yeah. If you really feel any of this, then you look at me and you tell me. Yeah. Because I knew she didn't. You know. Yeah. And she's looking. She's like, I just in her head. She's like, cock, 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 you know. And I was like, 
stage is all yours. <sighs> please, like, tell me. Yeah. Tell me why you don't think we'll be good together. Like, please. Because if, if you have valid reasons, I am here. Mm-hmm. Like, you have screwed up enough for me to agree with you, you know? Um, but of course, she didn't, she didn't have anything. Um, and we left from that conversation. Not back together yet, but me telling her, you need to decide if you want to get back together or not. And if you do, then that's on your terms. I'm not doing anything for you to do it. Yeah. Um, and throughout all of this, Katie had been having seizures. They're called um, PNES, which is like something non-epileptic seizures and basically they're caused from psychological distress and they mimic grand mal seizures grand mal like the ones where people are like on the floor like making those horrible gargling sounds and shaking and like Mm -hmm. convulsing it looks like a low budget horror film exorcism yeah 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 Yeah. um (laughs) so we knew there had been some stuff going on and that she wasn't like doing super great and i knew that's where this was stemming from i was like listen like i'm not like this isn't you like if you really think any of these things you can tell me, but I don't think you do. And I, we left that conversation. I was like, if you want to get back together, I'm here for it. But that's mm-hmm. your job, not mine, yeah. to figure it out. Yeah. You know? Um, because I know there's a lot going on mm-hmm. with you. And you need to fix you before we can fix us. Right. And so probably like a month and a half later, we are back together. Um, How did that happen? A lot of talking. A lot of like... This is what we're going to do different this time. This mm-hmm. is what was actually going through her head at yeah. these moments. This is how her past trauma has affected her and why it's still affecting her. And, yeah. oh, my God, you need to go to therapy. Like, holy crap, I didn't know that this was weighing down. So, like, yeah. a lot of you need to fix you before we fix us kind yeah. of a thing. How um, long after the decision to get back together did it feel like normal I don't think it ever did normal being what it was before yeah yeah it didn't and I'm so glad really yes okay that's good it was never normal normal like what it was before because what it was before was me assuming she was in she was living life without past trauma like and so when she said things she said things because she meant them she said things not out of fear, not out of past experience, not out of, you know, expectations of what she thinks she has to say. I assume she, I don't have a lot of past trauma and most people don't, but a good chunk of people do. Yeah. And when we say things and we do things, we say and do them because of what's happening now, not because of something we're scared of or something we've experienced in the past. Yeah. And after we broke up it was I started to see her more for like I I knew a little bit more about why she was saying what she said why why she did what she did um what she was trying to say and do even though it wasn't coming out the way she meant it to kind Mm -hmm. of a thing and it was hard in the very I thought that I was like, well, I don't know if we'll ever be able to get back together because it won't ever feel normal again. Yeah. In terms of, like, I don't know if we'll be... Like, I don't know if I'll trust her. Yeah. Because um, I didn't trust that first guy I dated for the first two years because he did a lot of not good things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't think I'll be able to trust her again. And I just remember that first night of us talking again in the car that she was able to 
sit and hold me and sit and just be right there with me in a small little Civic and <laughs> squished up and it wasn't scary. It wasn't flinchy. It yeah. wasn't, don't touch me, I don't trust you. It was, holy crap, you screwed up. Please fix it so we can be us again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that was like the one thing that kept me going of like, I'm making the right choice. Yeah. Was that like, holy crap, you screwed up so bad. But that has nothing to do with how much I love or trust you. Yeah. And That's really cool. I forgive you and I'm not forgetting it and we're going to fix it and we're going to make it better. Mm-hmm. But like, and it didn't have much to do with trust or with love. You know, it yeah. was it was a screw it was a big screw up based on past experiences. Yeah. And I think that if we had gone back to normal like what it was before, mm-hmm. then we would be a lot less emotionally healthy yeah. in our relationship. Because yeah. now we can talk about things that she didn't talk about before. And it wasn't because she didn't talk about them with me because I couldn't understand, but it's because she never talked to anybody about it. Right. Ever. You know? Yeah. That's good that you could see that um, it wasn't a lack of love. It was just, like, a communication problem, and you were patient with her and stuff like that. Took a lot of patience. Yeah. Kind of wanted to beat her with a shoe half the time. (laughs) I'm sure she'd say the exact same about me. Right, But... We're in a really good place now. But it's hard because I'm leaving for Princeton soon. Yeah. And when we broke up, it was because... It wasn't because long distance, yeah. but, like, it was during long distance. Right. You know, that was a big part was she didn't know how to exist without me right there. Mm-hmm. And I'm about to be not right there for <laughs> quite a bit of time. Right. But hopefully... I th- I'm very... I'm, I'm pretty convinced that we will be absolutely fine. It'll be hard. And, like, yeah. I'm sure we'll screw it up a lot. But I think we'll both let each other try again. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what's important. Like, yeah. oh, I screwed up. Can I please try again? Mm-hmm. Is like, going to be happening a lot. And I yeah. think as long as we both keep saying, oh, yeah, you did. And yes, you can. You know, mm-hmm. then we'll be okay. Yeah. That's great. Well, um, I guess we're going to wrap up our solo one. But Do you want to go get the boys? Yeah. But I just want to say that, like, I respect you. And... Um, I think you're like very smart and think through things a lot and um, I respect your uh, hustle and um, your spiritual I guess we didn't talk about it a ton but we'll have to next time because I'll be going through candidacy the next time we talk I'll be in full full on ministry world life will be completely different yeah We'll see if I survive ministry world as a gay woman. Yeah. That's... Yeah, I I respect that, too. And that's so interesting to me. I feel like I'm, I've am i made the choice of living my life as a T-bone steak who decided to grow feet and walk into a lion's den. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is what I have chosen, but I'm sticking with it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's we'll see if I now. make it through. Yeah. Um... I just wanted to ask one quick one of those. Um, what do you think happens after we die? Somebody asked me where Hitler is if I don't believe in hell. Uh-huh. And I said that I do believe in hell, but not like the kind with Fire and Brimstone. Fire and Brimstone. But I think Hitler's probably chilling on his own. Uh-huh. 
And I don't think he gets anybody. I think he's just with himself. Okay. And I think that might be my version of a hell. Because to be in heaven is to be with God. Yeah. And God is love, and love is everyone you love. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. To be in hell is to be separated from God. Mm-hmm. And since God is Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit is in everyone you love, therefore you would be away from every single person you know and love. I think you'd just be chilling. I think you, without, without yeah. the Holy Spirit in you, and without anyone and anything, would be a hell. Yeah. I think that your heaven would be you and whatever remnants of the spirits of those whom you love would be chilling with you, would be something close to a heaven. Yeah. But I'm sure by the end of my first year of seminary, that will change drastically. Yeah, that's interesting. And then by the end of my second year, it'll be even different. So right. I'm sure every year, if you ask me this, it'll change. But right now, yeah. I think that's probably where I stand. Yeah. I believe something very similar. But, um, okay, we'll get uh, the bros in here. Do you have questions uh, for them? No, I have questions, or they have questions for you, I think. A few. Is it inappropriate teenage boy questions about gay sex? I guess we'll find out. Oh my god, of course it is. I don't know. Bros? <laughs> I was just confused. Yeah. yeah. I thought you guys were supposed to be talking about Britney Spears and then. <laughs> oh, we didn't get to do the conspiracy theory about Britney Spears. We ran out of time, Kat. Yeah. It's hot in here. Yeah. It's because we turned the fan off. We ran out of time. Our next one, when I come visit, we'll record about the Britney Spears conspiracy theory. And anyone listening to this should look up the Britney Spears conspiracy <laughs> theory right now. Alright, it's gonna be tight, but do it. Oh, it lights up? Yeah. How? Oh, it didn't do it the first time. It's, it's every it's other one. we turned off the light. You can shut the door. Or turn off the fan, not the light. <laughs> Here, we can <laughs> blow this out. That'll probably what's hot. Oh, that's not gonna work. There we go. I thought you were gonna get your hair in it. Yeah. Um, you look so uncomfy. Why? Because this, is, this out isn't a parking lot. Oh, we really? don't have a bunch of room. <laughs> when you asked for a place to record this, I was almost like, the parking oh, lot. Oh, that's so funny. But I didn't. Because I, I didn't want to freak out our neighbors. Um, so, this is the parking lot talk reunion yeah. uh, podcast. <laughs> Yeah, it um, is. Can you guys get a little bit closer to the... Yeah, of course. No. Can we talk about how this was recorded two years ago? Oh, it nice. came out almost oh. a year ago. Really? Yeah, because we did it... Like, you brought it out last summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then now it's summer again. Wow. So, like, every year we've had a version of it, even though we haven't been together. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, you... Guys have questions? I know you have at least one. I have. I uh, all right. So is I, it an inappropriate teenage boy question? Mm, no. Hard to say. Uh, I have a good one. We can get going. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is a good one that like everyone can kind of participate in there. Oh, okay. This one, it's just a fun conversation question. So um, I've heard this before. Um, so what is the biggest animal do you think that you could fight off, fend, and kill with your hands? Oh. Manatee. Manatee. Oh, really? They're vegetarians. They don't have teeth. They have oh, like really? little us teeth. Okay, but They're just not... like do you think killing one would be, would yeah, be, yeah. If how it, would you kill it with your hands? The thing's massive. You would have to like you bear would, like, hug stick, it in the neck. You would like stick something down its throat to choke uh, it. Except I don't really want to kill a manatee because I think they're kind of nice. But that yeah. would be the biggest size I could go. I don't think... I'm not an outdoorsy woodsy man enough to... 
Like, do you we know, do, do we have to catch the animal, or, or no, is it like, be it's like, like you would be locked in a room and oh, you're okay. just like forced to fight <laughs> to the death? Probably, probably like. I don't know, like a horse, a horse, but like a Whoa. horse won't do anything. No, horses are aggressive, God, yeah. bro. Right, well, I couldn't I, beat a horse; they'd beat me. I don't know. I think a horse What's would. yours? Um, so mine. I think what I said whenever I this was brought up to me was a kangaroo. They're the good fighters too. Yeah. But the thing is, is that kangaroos die really easily from stress. So if you punch one, oh, they won't die in the moment, <laughs> but they will eventually die later on. So yeah. what if you just like scared it a bunch? Would it stress it out? And then... it would probably you could probably stress it out really badly. That's and that cool. Would do I don't know if I have the ethical like code to kill. It. Like I think I could kill a manatee, but like yeah. I don't think I would. Like if you presented me with a chance, I think I'd be like, take me, manatee. You're too majestic. You deserve the life more than you know what I mean. Yeah. Like I don't know if I have the balls to do it, but like I think that's the biggest I could go. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't prefer to do it obviously, but I think a sloth I could handle. A sloth. <laughs> <laughs> Safe bad. Do you have one, Jake? Uh, we only have like 12 minutes so 12 minutes that's why I'm trying to mm-hmm. be faster 12-ish we have, we have padding time Paddington Paddington did you have an answer? An an- well I she mean she said like, a horse but that's yeah, not yeah, right yeah but like man. now I guess it's not right no um, pro- probably probably a giraffe <laughs> why are you picking long necked animals? well cause like you can like strangle it real nice <laughs> and you have like a large what, like what, area what the neck? No, you have a lot of neck to pick from. What part? Stra- like, like, because like, well, I mean, eventually, it, like, what it, part of it that hurts da- it? If it bends down to like attack me, I grab it by the closer to the to the jaw. But if not, it'll bite you. What? It'll bite you. They have they have they the have long, long tongues. tongues. Yeah. You yeah. could grab the tongue and pull it. Haha, <laughs> that'd be really funny. I was actually just thinking about it. I have a revision to my answer. I like think about it a little bit more, and it would be a human. <laughs> oh my god. No, I couldn't come. No. Nope, not with my bare hands. It's, I mean, but, like, the biggest thing that I can handle would be a person, like... You, you know. could do a manatee. Everyone in this room could kill a manatee. I don't think so. I don't think so. Where would you grab? Yeah, you exactly. You would sit on its back it. and, like... You can kill a fat Like, you can, like, grab him, like, around, even though there's not a neck there. That's, like, the equi... Like, that's, like... Sa- like, saying you could kill a hippo. Like... That's no, like hippos this. are violent and hippos scary. Hippos are extreme. Manatees violent. are not violent. Okay, but it's like the same density animal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, aren't you yeah. I know a lot of same density people that are very different in their violence, though. Mm, hey, yeah. But, yeah. Very okay. true. Something that's funny about that question is the person who I initially heard it from, they said that the biggest animal they could take out would be a wolf. No. <laughs> Wolves are even bigger than dogs, right? I know, yeah. yeah there's no. no chance. He said that he would grab it by the jaw and, like, rip its face in. <gasps> No, he said that that's how he would kill it. No, it's too like for like me. like how God like King like, Kong. Yeah, thing. exactly, yeah. just like that, like King Kong. No, the most absurd thing. Yeah, yeah no. I don't even know if I could. <laughs> mm, I don't think I could do a dog. I think I'd I would be like, no, I'm sorry. The Schnauzer wins. I won't do it. <laughs> I don't think I could. I think I'd feel guilty. It'd have to be like a simulation. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Kill a VR dog. Yeah, I could kill a VR dog. Maybe. I don't know. I might have to like take a break halfway through yeah, to like cope. PTSD from therapy yeah. after immediately. Did you have a question? Yeah. So I was going through my feed this morning, right? Okay. And like, and, uh, and like, someone present. Have you ever heard of the shopping cart theory? Yes. Have you? Yes. Should, should, all right. 
All right, guys. Uh, uh, so here, here's what it is. The shopping cart is the ultimate uh, litmus test for whether a person is capable of self-governing. To return the shopping cart is an easy, convenient task and one which all recognize is the correct, appropriate thing to do. To return the shopping cart is objectively right. There are no situations other than dire emergencies in which a person is not able to return their cart. Si simultaneously, it is not illegal to abandon your shopping cart. Therefore, the shopping cart presents itself as the apex example of whether a person will do that is what that is right without being forced to do it. No one will punish you for not returning the shopping cart. No one will fine you or kill you for not returning the shopping cart. You gain nothing by returning the shopping cart. You must return the shopping cart out of the goodness of your own heart. You must return the shopping cart because it is the right thing to do, because it is correct. A person who is unable to do this is no better than an animal, an absolute savage who can only be made to do what is right by threatening them with a law and the force that stands behind it. The shopping cart is what determines whether a person is a good or bad member of society. Okay. Do you think that if, if you know, if I don't put away my shopping cart at Target, that means I'm a bad person? So, like, do, do you think that this stands... Like, 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 do you think that way? <clears throat> I think okay. it's time. Like, like, I've never not put back a shopping cart, yeah. but when I'm running late, I will, like, fling it in there and it ends up next to the corral. Yeah. You know? Uh -huh. Like, like, if you're going somewhere, you got things to do, yeah. like, but, like, if you're choosing, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's, cir like, circumstantial. If you're just, if you have nowhere to be, nothing to do, and you decide to put your shopping cart chilling by your car like yeah. then maybe i'd call you a right. medium yeah. bad person but if you have things to do like right. i get it sometimes yeah i think i'm a big believer old richie Rohr says um how you do one thing is how you do everything so i think if mm -hmm. if you do how you put away a shopping cart is probably how you do most things mm -hmm. have has anyone in this room ever not put back a shopping cart i mean i usually i mean i'm never shopping in a hurry where i'm being like oh, okay i just can't put this away or like or like i've never well i don't think i've bought, never put it away I'm, but it ends up like not you know what i mean when uh, it's well, like yeah, not yeah. all the so, way next to the other yeah, ones yeah, yeah, that's yeah. when i feel guilty yeah. i mean i mean like you know like I, I just feel bad like you know like six year old 16 year old jimmy is just trying to like collect his carts and like there's one way down at the end of the parking lot because yeah. shop and save sits on a hill and then like and then it, like like you know he's just literally making minimum wage and he has to go get your shopping cart which you were too lazy to like put away yeah. all the way at the end of the parking lot you now, know when we say put away like we mean like putting it away putting, putting, it, putting it in, in the crowd in, in, right? in, in the slot like okay, like okay. where the shop like, yeah, like I'm, I'm not saying always ended in the crowd yeah 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 I'm not, not the I'm, best place in it but in I'm the not crowd. saying like organize it in the in the okay, cart place okay. but I'm saying just like put it where the carts yes. go don't mm -hmm. just like leave it on the curb then I'm more with Tommy I think uh -huh. that if you decide to not uh -huh. then you might you might need some revision of ethical code. <laughs> I would say that it says like a little bit about a person, but like that would be like, you know, judging a person based off of that would be like if I took you to like a huge park that was like two thousand acres and I showed you one part of it and I was like, How do you feel about this park? <laughs> You'd be like 
this is all I've seen of it. And I mean, like, you, that's like, right. I feel like the same way with a person is like, you can't oh, make an accurate yeah, like judgment that. of a full person yeah, based right. off of a single instance. Yeah. Know? Are you saying that because you only saw a little bit of the Columbus Park life today? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was just a really, like, simple analogy that I was able to think of. It displays it well. But yeah, I mean, it might have been it's like valid. kind of like if a, I showed him one of Columbus's three hundred seventy-two yeah. parks. <laughs> yeah, how do you feel about Columbus's parks? You know, I, like, I, I think you that know question. that's. I think Columbus parks are great, but if I only showed you one, you might not believe me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think I think when I was younger, I was I did a lot of things differently, and it didn't always add up to like who I thought I was and stuff. So I think I think when you're younger, you could you have that more flexibility of mm-hmm. who you are and mm-hmm. um you're not just one part yeah. of the park mm-hmm. but i think when you get older you kind of get set in your ways and then that's how you, like the how you do it is how you do it thing mm-hmm. yeah, i hope like, i don't when you're young it's like kind of like you're like like i i don't know like how how young like you know like you would you would didn't determine this but like whenever you're young like you 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 get to get away with like being selfish i guess like that's like, so you, true during corona it, right yeah, now yeah you, that's you so get true. to like mm-hmm. you get to like uh like you know like like i don't know like whenever i was like uh like 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 little like i just like like you know i'd like take like a tootsie roll from like giant eagle or like whatever and then my mom would be like oh you gotta take that back and all this stuff and i you know i was like giant eagle is not gonna lose any money because yeah. i took a five cent tootsie roll or whatever and then like but like you know like as like you know just ethics and everything come mm-hmm. into play so yeah what's the age you get away with that uh, tootsie rolls yeah you as a white person at least <laughs> no i'm serious i'm serious it's different i know our age that we can get like away with that unfortunately yeah. is very different no if you're <laughs> a white person you can get away with stuff for a lot longer yeah i, I guarantee it no i agree um what's the age for a white person seven yeah six yeah yeah um, you know you gotta like as a parent you gotta start stepping in or like as, as no a, i mean as like a, as a, a company what's the oh. age that you start being like all right yeah. kid like like not like yeah, you're going to jail for a tizzy roll, yeah, but like you yeah, have yeah. some, it's not cute. Like yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. yeah. I think it's like six. It's like, uh, yeah, six or seven probably. Yeah, and then you, well, I, seven, like, the, I, this is un, unrelated, but seven years old is when you also start to determine whether it's, or start to decipher whether people are lying to you or not, like, uh, like telling jokes on you, like, yeah, like, you know, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So like, that might be like a, I don't know if that, that doesn't. Mm-hmm. No, it does. That's interesting. Cause like, if that's the case, then do you at seven? Is that when you gain the skill of being able to quote mm-hmm. play a joke on yeah. someone? Yeah. Cause if so, then you have that right. skill in your pocket right. now. You can mm-hmm. use that. Right. You're starting to learn the basics of humanity. Humor. So, what's the time you you laughed the hardest, Emily? What's the time I've laughed the hardest? Mm-hmm. It's that's a lot of pressure, but um, it doesn't have to be like the hardest. It could just be a hard time. Like when you think of yourself crying, laughing. Where are you? How old are you? When I think of myself crying, laughing. A lot um, of times it's like church laughter where you're not supposed to laugh, but it's funnier because you're not supposed to. I think mine 
happens when my grown father and my teenage brother get into an argument about something and my father forgets he's in charge and then they like go to war so like he took my brother's phone and then my brother decided to smear like he took the guinea pig and like then like brushed him up on my dad's pillow because my dad's allergic to a guinea pig and then Uh. my next step my dad like decided to wake him up with like a cold bucket of water but like watching it happen in real time and like watching my father forget that he's in charge (laughs) and like just what like when he'll go and he's like I thought you said you were going to do this. I thought you said. And they, like, start, like, animal wrestling on the ground over it. And I'm, and then you're just sitting there, like, am I the adult? And, just, like, and you're just, like, crying because you're like, this man forgot that he could win this whole thing. Yeah. Like, he's the real adult in the room. Mm-hmm. And then they just start jumping over each other and leapfrogging for, like, the TV remote. And yeah. someone's something snaps and you're like, oh, my God, he literally forgot he's a full adult like oh my god he is in a full fight with this 16 year old man or when we play the cow game when you remember we play the cow game no, do you know what that, that is no. you like sit on your so you like have your hands here and your legs like this and then you have to keep a straight face and you look at them straight in the eyes and you move until one of you breaks That's and so starts funny. laughing Very i can show you a video of it after yeah. this okay. katie has it on her phone yeah. i thought this was something sibling pairs did often but apparently it is not I'm not familiar. Yeah, it's, it's a, a perfect game. You can also do it with Macarena, where you just, like, do Macarena while staring at each other oh. very flamboyantly. What's and a flamboyant look? A lot of sass. Oh, okay. You know, a lot of, like, hip swishes, and you just, yeah. like, stare each other down, and then you add some flares and mm-hmm. until one of you breaks and just can't stop laughing. It's perfect. I love that. What about you, Cooper? Um, this isn't something that, like, in the moment I was necessarily laughing, but every time that I think about it, like, it feels like it was a fever dream that actually (laughs) happened. And so, like, it was in third grade, and every day, me and a couple of my friends, we would just obsessively play Star Wars at recess. And it got boring because there weren't enough people that played Star Wars at recess. So we started trying to get more people in on it, and, you know, like, maybe one or two other people each day would come over and play with us. But then one day, for some reason, everybody... Every single person, the kids that played football, the girls that wouldn't do anything, every single person on the playground, we separated them into two teams and we charged each other. I didn't believe it happened for years. I thought it was a dream. But then, like, my friend that I always played Star Wars with, I brought it up to him, like, years later, and he was like, I thought it was a dream. <laughs> he was like, I did not believe it. That's the Mandala effect. That yeah. didn't happen. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's beautiful that everyone came together like yeah that. Every, just everyone on the Star Wars does that Star, right? just <laughs> did somebody scream charge I think so I think uh, it was like and we all charged each other at the same amazing. time that's amazing it was so <laughs> awesome <laughs> do you have a recent one Jake uh I mean like one like one, just like a really funny like 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 one like, well let's tell the story <laughs> Well, like whenever we were in a confirmation class, and, um, <laughs> our old, our old, our old pastor, he, uh, he, yeah, he was like, he was like teaching, um, he, he was like teaching us or whatever, and uh, he couldn't find, like, he couldn't find his like whiteboard markers, so he's like, oh, I'll have to open up this new pack, right? And he and he opens up the the pack, and he opens up a marker, and he takes a big sniff, and he's like. 
these things get me so high. <laughs> and, then he, and then he like walked out of the room to like go go, go get like like something. And then and then we all like looked around at each other like what just happened? happened? That was that was good. <laughs> Did he even laugh at himself? No, no, no. Oh, it, it, it was, it, like, it was like he was like enjoying the yeah. expo marker, <laughs> like genuinely. Yeah, yeah. He was like, these things get me high. <laughs> I don't get it. I, I wish I could see it so bad. No, I, I, I can, I can still see him like opening the yeah. uh, marker. Yeah. These things get me so high. He just walks out of the room. We're just like True. room That's so funny. Uh. <laughs> Okay, I think that's it then. All right. It's 5.33. That's pretty good time. That is good time. Um, we skipped a lot, but... We'll have a second. We'll have a second coming. Just like Jesus, guys. Like the I resurrection know. of parking lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good way to... Yes. Um, yeah, so I hope this made you think. And that's the end. Um, oh, do you want to plug something that you like? To educate yourself on not being a bad white person. That's the only plug I have right now. That's great. <laughs> In whatever any... form you see fit. Yeah, do you have any, like, recommendations of websites books. or books? Yeah. <laughs> um, I do, but I'm white, so I feel like maybe my opinion isn't the one that matters. So Is there any black maybe, people you could point um, people to? to? I will send you a link of okay. them and I will oh this is a podcast I'll send it to you and you can add it when I'm done when you edit yeah, this yeah yeah of good books mm. okay that's it thank you god bless <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's what you think America <laughs> <laughs>